So Pat went over to Long On, like way away from me, and the crowd are booing him when they walk back. And I'm shouting from, you know, what is it, 60 meters? Pat, Pat, all these boos, they're for you, mate. All of them, they're for you. Boys. Yeah. Oh, the boys are here. They're nervous. They're <laughs> calm. Boysies. Get rarer. Why is this happening to me? Me. We're not getting Maccas and you can blame my son. <laughs> Get a few today, did you? It's great to contractually be obliged to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Is anyone going to listen to this or what? No, I actually don't know what, what happens in third grade. <laughs> you either get nude, get in the shower, or we're throwing all your crit gear in, bro. No, like, no chance I'm going to bowl you. 19th century Pax Britannica. Well, there's only really one place to start this week, Pezza, and that's Stuart Broad talking about what happened to Bairstow at Lords. Shall we? Yeah. So I was watching on the telly, sat in my spot, yeah. and I heard this, ooh, like, appeal. So, oh, what's that? Mm. The telly. Saw it. I yeah. thought... I stood up, so I was like, oh, God, if there's an appeal, I might be in here. Start, like, stretching or whatever. Yeah. Saw it on the TV. Yeah. Nah, nah, no way that is that out. Sat back down. Sit down. Yeah. And then I heard a huge boo. I was like, mm. what's happened there? <laughs> and I think Baz went, oh, he's been given out. I thought, you're joking. So I'm, I was like, am I in? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that how works? Next when you're Helmet, like, so I'm scrambling around a bit, like, right, get in. <laughs> and what set me oh, off was I, was I walked oh, through the long room, oh, which yeah. is normally, like, you yeah. know, Good luck. Have yeah. a great yeah. Come on. And yeah. one of them just, one of the members was looking out the window and just turned around to me and goes, Absolute disgrace. <sighs> and it, you know, I would That'll say that mindset's a strength, strength of mine. And I'm yeah. really, I've Strong. learned to be very controlled of what I'm doing. Yes. Yes. But that word just turned me into, I just had red mist for 10 minutes. One bloke. So I walked past Johnny and normally when the out batter, you'd go, What do you think? Is it swinging, mate? How are you yeah. feeling? Yeah. Like, How are you feeling? Yeah. Just, snorting like staring at the floor like, yeah, like a raging bull didn't even look at me and that revved me up as well so i was like okay well so he's obviously annoyed yeah. so as i'm walking out to lords and there's right. booze going at the aussies yeah. the captain pat cummins is yeah. coming on to bowl so he's walking towards me to the oh, end of his mark okay and i just looked at him i said yeah that's, you're an absolute disgrace oh, like the old bloke yeah, and the yeah. response was he said oh yeah you're hardly a upkeep of the spirit of cricket <laughs> Did he? When they were coming. in 2013. Yeah. When they were yeah. broad for me. So didn't work. Right. So then, then the next 10 minutes became of me being very facetious and shouting in every yeah, time. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I had yeah. huge regrets about that yeah. night. I was hugely embarrassed, embarrassed about it. But I had no real control over yeah. what I was doing. Well, I was just... No control. You know, there was a moment where <laughs> Silly Point and yeah. Short Leg are yeah. in with the helmets on. And the crowd are singing, same old Aussies. Always always and I stood there. I was looking at both of them. They're a yard away. And I'm looking at both of them in the eyes, just singing, same old Aussie. Singing at them. Always singing, cheating. Singing, yeah. And they can sit there looking at me as if say, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. But well, the more it, it went on, it would. Yeah. they just went vacant. Yeah. They weren't yeah. thinking about what they were doing. Mm. They were bowling. Place. Like slot to Stokesy. Yeah, slot. He's yeah. done them. Stokesy yeah. came to me and said, yeah. I'm going to do my thing. I'm not going to talk. If I run, you run. If yeah. I run two, you run two. Yeah. Yeah. Cricket. But you keep doing your thing. Do you see? And yeah. Level above so stuff. Pat went over to Long On, like mm. way away from me, and the yeah. crowd are booing him when they walk back. And I'm shouting from, you know, what is it, 60 metres, Pat, Pat, all these boos, they're for <laughs> you, mate. mate. For all you. of them, yeah. they're for you. Strong, mentally to strong. To the extent where I think yeah. some of them were going, just like, calm down a little bit. <laughs> just tell them to calm down. Started off as a red mist, and then I tweaked it into an advantage <laughs> of, yeah, just so tweaked it. Gotten by just the balls there a yeah. little bit. Yeah. How long can I make yeah. this? 
carry on and make yeah. the series yeah. to be honest we galvanised around it I think mm. he didn't do it again in the series no. so he he realised concentrate his mind maybe I've, yeah. you know yeah. was a bit dozy at a time just wandering yeah. out yeah hey thanks to TalkSport for that by the way or whatever that show was Australia won that game uh <laughs> Just sort of mm. tweaked it in the end. Um, well, where do you want to start with that one? Um, <laughs> here's where I'd like to start, in, okay. all, in all seriousness. By the book? I, well, by the book? <clears throat> of course, by the book. Yeah. Uh, Get it. Like, first thing I want to say is, latest instalment in the phony wars between Australia and England that's been going on for 150 years. I like okay? it. Yeah. And to its credit, yeah. like, like I, I'm, I'm grateful for it. Like yeah. what Stuart Broad brings to the Ashes, Australia England discussions. Mm. I find that quite familiar in a very, very changing cricket world. Like I would pick that. This I'll pick this kind of mm. garbage. Yeah, from both sides. Yes, ten out of ten times over a David Warner push per dance, <laughs> like which is the new way of interacting. Right. right? Yes. So, yes. like. Fair play. Mm. I think he's still serving a great purpose. Better for us. the devil you know, etc. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, you know, like mm. broad, broad. There's lots to pick up on, I suppose. And mm. he's just chatting, and he's and he's he's got a book <coughs> coming out, and that's how these things work, right? Right. But like, he mentions being like embarrassed that night, like ten minutes. He's like, I was I was really embarrassed about it that that yes. evening about the conduct. Yes. Like I, I don't really get the I'm embarrassed vibe from his <laughs> monologue there. Like Didn't I get I get the like yeah. I'm receiving a psychology masterclass <laughs> from Brody, like the yeah. American online education subscription platform. Yes, yes, you know, yes. Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it like how to get under the Aussie skin and mm-hmm. get your team to galvanize, you know, yeah, around yeah, some yeah, yeah. some psychological warfare. Yes. Uh, very niche class. Mm, yeah, it's quite say niche, it. yeah. Uh, I'm signing up. And my favourite part is probably the bit where <laughs> Simon Jordan, the interviewer, is like um, <laughs> solemnly and intellectually stroking his chin while murmuring yeah. um, slash humming same yeah. old Aussies always yeah. cheating just yeah. out of sync with Broad. Yeah. Who's been he, singing at the other? He same, knows the chant. Yeah. Same old, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. always cheating. cheating. So, <laughs> but I want to just bookend by saying I am I am grateful for this rhetoric. Yeah. Yep. Over a lot of the other shit going on. Yeah. And that we're going to get in the future. We're going to miss this. That's true. Also, he's good, isn't he? And he knows and what he's doing. Exactly. He and if you're responding, doing. you're rattled. My takeaway from it, generally speaking, uh, of course, in the wonderful elements of all of this, mm. is um, that the Australian cricket team in that moment mm. have actually encapsulated the entire nation's feelings yeah. around literally every single one of the moments of the Ashes over yeah. the course of whatever 20-something days it happened, yeah. where they were like, what are you doing? Yeah. that's That was... The entire—I mean—that's the origin of crow's feet. Yeah. Like the entire country of Australia, who of course have been the bad guys for decades. Yeah. We were the bad guys, and now, like, of course, it is England's rights to continue to paint Australia as the bad guys because, mm. of course, we are just convicts and we are sitting over there mm. as the chance goes. Um, but really, Australia was just looking at this happening, being like. 
calm down, mate. Just, yeah. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I don't know, sociological exercise, maybe from England's perspective. It's like that spinny yeah. wheel thing online, you know, like which 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 colour's the T-shirt, you know, or whatever the fuck, yeah. or the dress. The end of Orange inception. or blue, whatever. You know, yeah. It's like everyone's just seen something different, but I'm not sure it's sounding how he thinks it sounded <laughs> like yeah. when the Aussies yeah. are like, what are you doing? Yeah. And Cummins is like, why are you talking yeah. about the spirit of cricket? Yeah. Like. Calm down, mate. Calm down. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but that's I don't know. It's a it's a, yeah. a it, they'll they'll write about this sociologically for years. There's yeah. a lot of English people probably listening to it going, like, "Go on, Broadie." <laughs> well, get in, Broadie. Judging by the reaction online, I'm actually not really sure that was the yeah, case. Was, like, yeah. I did kind pretty of get quiet. The, yeah, pretty quiet. Yeah. yeah. Although, of course, the current know. white ball setup not going that great over there in India. Um, Let's get into the show itself. Uh, support for this show comes from our dear patrons at patreon.com forward slash Grey Cricket. There's over 3,500 people that have joined our little community there on the interwebs uh, and are really uh, keeping the lights on at the moment for this operation. <laughs> That's, uh, they are supporting the show. And at the moment, you get um, all of our dailies, the audio for the dailies, which you can access now on Spotify. Spotify and Patreon have linked up now, so you can get all the reviews for the England, Australia, Pakistan, and India matches remaining in this World Cup. Um a lot has happened to so all of those teams, as we'll discuss later in the show. You also get hashtag AskTGC Fridays. Given that uh, the accessibility now of uh, Spotify, you can easily find our Hall of Fame episodes, which we released about a year ago. Uh, hashtag AskTGC Fridays every single Friday, of course. And we've got a really big announcement about our summer coming out tomorrow on Patreon. Uh, you can guarantee your spots if you like to be part of uh, what we may summer, or may not be announcing. Right, our summer programming mm, or just will. general broadcasting per se yeah. in different mediums. And if you, you like TGC in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't say too much. We can't say too much. It's very secretive. But being on Patreon assists. It does, it does. Yeah, that, being sort of the first to uh, access certain world. things and, you can't, know, yeah, 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 yeah. Early. Anyway, that's coming out tomorrow. So if you're listening to this, it's going to be Wednesday. Yeah, Making that announcement, you get first access there to everything, plus all the audio uh, that comes out before it goes onto YouTube, obviously. And then obviously, hashtag AskTGC Friday. So much happening here. Pezza, um, uh, do you want to talk about uh, the Archie Gray yeah, charity we're, game? Yeah, we're pumping up. We, we mentioned this last week. We're pumping up the Archie Gray Brain Cancer Awareness Celebrity Charity Cricket Match. Uh, if this is the first time hearing about this, um, so sadly last year Archie Gray is playing second grade for Western Suburbs. You know, this is a competition that we played in around about the same ages. I suspect Archie was far better cricketer than us, but he lost a courageous battle with brain cancer. Um, so moving and so deeply sad. Uh, at 17 years of age, um, they uh, the, the people around Archie, his club, and also Manly Cricket Club are putting on a celebrity charity cricket match to raise funds for the Mark Hughes um, Foundation, which uh, helps investigate, explore, do research into brain cancer, um, particularly in children. Brain cancer is the leading cause of cancer death in children uh, and adults aged under 40 in Australia, and little is known about it. Um, we he goes and I um, were so desperate to get to this game to play in it. We can't make it, uh, but um, we have committed to pumping it up massively. What we're asking people to do is to consider going to the game itself, uh, 15th of November, 5.30 to 9.30 at Pratton Park. It's West v Manly. Now, I'm going to announce some names of players who will be this celebrity match. Yeah, nice. So 
Nathan Lyons playing in this game. Awesome. Uh, a lot of people are getting around this. Nathan Lyons playing in this game. Brett Lee's playing in the game. Ned Brockman here, remember, ran across yeah. Australia or some shit. Nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, <laughs> or some shit, or exactly that. Yeah, or exactly that. Yeah. Um, King Dan Dan Christian's playing in this game. Christo Michael Hooper's playing in this game. Uh, Steve Beaver Menzies for the oh, rugby league inclined. Yeah. If you're also on that page, Danny Badiris and Mark Hughes are involved, and that's just the, that's just the start. There may be some more. Uh, Tom and Eddie from Hello Sport are heading down there as well. Awesome, uh, mates of the show. Uh, there is so, so please fund it, donate to it, or go to the game. Uh, there is a sponsorship prospectus if you really want to get behind it. Email us, hello at gradecricketer.com if you want that sponsorship prospectus. I will send it to you personally. Uh, this is something that's very close to my heart and we're going to get behind it all the way through to the game. So support that Archie Gray Brain Cancer Awareness Celebrity Charity Cricket Match. Okay, let's start uh, today's show by talking about the World Cup and we'll start with Australia, I suppose. Um, Pezza, we yeah. were very fortunate to speak to the leading wicket-taker in the competition. His name is Adam Zampa. Uh, last Friday... Friday. You can access that either on YouTube or it is on the uh, the free feed here on the main feed, I suppose, um, where he gave us a whole a whole uh, a whole bunch of information about his experiences at the Taj, yeah. um, his relationship with the tourists at the Taj. He was telling us about um, the, all the boys playing golf in what mm. they call the Jesse Ryder Cup, despite him wanting to call it the two girls one Jesse. Um, and he also told us, uh, you know, in response to an article written about why he wasn't singing singing the national anthem and the disgrace and the disgrace that, that they're in, and we called him a piece of shit yeah. for not doing that. Yeah. And his response was, "I was so high on medication because he had back spasms and the neck gear, etc., yeah. etc." Cetera, et cetera, uh, that he doesn't really even remember the first 15 overs of that game, let alone the national anthems. Uh, but what he does remember is a doctor came on and said, don't worry about it, mate, but you did bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you um, more information being found out. Mid-World Cup yep. from the leading wicket-taker in the fucking competition. Come yeah. on. Sorry. Sorry value. about the value. Sorry about the value. Uh, Australia, he goes. Would you like my assessment? We can ask for it. Um, I'd like to give it to you. In give it to me. Look, <laughs> I like the signs. Yes. And I really, really like the signs, and not because the team is playing any kind of thorough, comprehensive, organised cricket. Mm. On the contrary, mm. actually, I'm seeing greed from the public. Yeah. Three score, three consecutive scores in excess of 350 plus. Yeah. We're not happy. No. It's great. We wanted 400 a couple of times. Bottling 400s. Middles batting like shit. Yep. Now punters come over to the World Cup, so we've got oh, the safety of that voice. Yes. He describes the middle order over middle overs batting as deplorable. That's fantastic. That's re- these are really really good signs. As I am full, I could not have another bite. Mate, exactly. Um, we got we got Davy Warner playing sensationally. Now what? Now he's at, he's at pains mm. right now to amplify it to everybody online. Just how much he gets India. He gets it. And He's the love affair between the yeah. Indian fans yes. and David Warner. Yes. You know, they understand him. <laughs> he understands them. Yes. In terms of victory laps happening for Davey at the end yeah. of his career, yeah. maybe not that bigger one at the SCG, but definitely one in the you know, well, last he, game he, of India. He gets it. He gets he it. Embraces. He gets it. Yeah, he gets it. He's taken the time to disagree with Glenn Maxwell about yes. light shows or some yeah. shit. Just, just, yeah. just burning him online. I, think, yeah. I don't even think, you know, Glenn Maxwell's record-breaking hundred was, even, you know, the body was even cold yet before <laughs> Warner came on and rinsed him online yeah. about a uh, yeah. fucking light show or some Play shit. Play of the match, a forty-ball hundred. Now this is good for Australia's chances. Yeah, he goes because I've always good. felt Warner plays his best cricket when he's been a bit abrasive. Yes, abrasive's the wrong word. As yeah. I say it out loud, yeah. a bit coarse, yeah. a bit prickly. Okay. <laughs> um, now you know what's coarse, Pezza? 
Sandpaper. <laughs> Fuck. Um, now, the bin lid. Yeah. Travis head. Well, are you talking about the most important cricketer to ever put on the canary yellow of the Australian fucking cricket team? Is that how you're talking about? Is that is that the Travis head that you're referring to, Sam Perry? Yeah, the bin lid. The bin. This is all of a theme. Australia's getting greedy. Mm. Warner's being a coat. Yeah. Now, the bin lid's just waltzed in to this yes. World Cup, his yeah. debut innings in the World Cup. Yeah. He's faced a couple of fucking tennis balls <laughs> and he's hit a 59-ball ton. <laughs> You see what this is laddering up to, right? Yeah. This is why I'm liking these signs. Okay. Um, the team is absolutely riddled with holes across many phases of each game. Sure. But two to three guys seem to be bringing a very high ceiling each game, yeah. and it's proving just enough. Yep. New Zealand outplayed Australia in most elements of the game the other night. Okay. And Good a couple them. of guys came along and went, ah, I've just... Just too, just got too much for just you. Just a thoroughly likable cricket team, the New Zealand cricket team, and all the best to them in continually losing to Australia exactly. in games that matter. There's there's a lot of marketing already going on from um, various networks, some of which we're contracted to, others not. Sure. That are essentially marketing this summer is like, watch the boys go around one last time. <laughs> right? That's essentially what this summer is. Now, yeah. you know, like, can you imagine the – like, we've talked about how – through this year mm. with the Border Gavaska Trophy, the World Test Championship and the Ashes. Mm. This, th- they were the three opportunities for this team to go from good to great. Yep. Now, whisper it quietly, and I won't. Okay. If they, if they manage to jag this World <laughs> Cup, this group, yeah. that's going to go along, like in the circumstances of the entire format of the home team and everything mm. going for them, mm. that's going to go a long way to cementing their legacy. And who among us doesn't want to cement a legacy? <laughs> Don't we you know, get up in the morning. I want to cement my legacy today. Yeah. And I just want to just pick up on that word jag. Okay. It's because that's the only way Australia's winning this world cup. And it's the correct posture to take yes. against India who look like they've got three options for every Phase of the game. Yes. And also, anytime you park your car at club training or to a game, you don't park your car, you, you, you jag ja- a but, park. But that's, this is actually 4D chess now from Bailey and the team. Mm. Like, this, like India is so comprehensively going to win this World Cup. Australia's yeah. just like, just woken up in the morning, you know, like a bit late, like had to sleep in, but, but, but you know, like stretch, stretch your arms. 10 A couple of guys like, babe, mate, you, I could eat. Yeah. It's a bit I could uh, could you eat? Yeah. I could eat. Yeah. I love I'm pulling this off. I um, mean that they are they are so close to doing chest five days a week. Get yeah. them to, get these guys out of the nets and get them on the bench press, on the chest flies, on the incline press. They're tired, they're like, oh I'm, uh, I could eat. You know what I mean? Australia hasn't even watched these games yet. When Australia watches when like in the second half of the semi final that's when Aussies will start tuning in, and that's when we'll turn up. You know, when you see like water hogs, like down at the um, yeah, down at the uh, the river there. Let's water say hogs in, down the river there. Down, yeah, down you know your, I know Mo- what you mean. your Mozambiques or whatnot. Your Mozambiques and your whatnot. And then you and then you just see the chief water hog. You know, like just sort of yeah, barrel is yeah, everyone's yeah. down there trying to slurp. You know, yeah, the old yeah, the old yeah, trough yeah. of the river there. Of course, God yeah. damn it. And uh, down at Mozambique there. And then and then just you know the uh, the, the, <laughs> the the super hog just so, kind yeah. of is he's yeah. just woken up. He's had a harem of hogs that he's been dealing with the night before, yeah. and he just sort of ambles on and goes out of the way. Yeah. I just feel like that's that's mm. the posture Australia's <laughs> trying to take. Just like, all right, if I have to. <laughs> that's my analysis. You can get so much other analysis in cricket from every other nonce channel if you want. 
is a couple of super hogs <laughs> who've woken up late and say, I want to eat. Yeah, that's, that's what right. I, is that? I think that's of, right. Is that in line, out of line? Uh, that, or they could just be like, nah, I'm just too full. You know, we're going to talk to Adam Gilchrist a little bit later on, mm. hopefully. Of course, that hasn't happened yet. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll see what happens in the future. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I, you know, he played in uh, literally three World Cup winning sides in a row, if you will. And I know that you will. Ooh. And a couple of those times, they didn't lose a single game in the World Cup. Yeah. Now, I don't really recall Australia being so far ahead in any of those World Cups than what India is at yeah. the moment from the other teams. Mm. South Africa are playing great cricket. We know how it's going to work out. Australia's going to play them in the semi. Australia wins that game. Then yeah. they lose in the final. Fall over. And then India beat, and then they yeah, win right, it, and they yeah. save the format and for, until yeah. the next time. Yeah. <clears throat> but, 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 you know, Australia now just waking up into a, into the tournament. And, you know, I feel like Gilchrist is going to get on side with this and be like, yeah, I reckon the boys are all right. I reckon the boys are all right, you know? Sure, you know, about a week and a half ago, it was like, we're looking at Argus reviews. We're looking at scrapping the whole system from the grassroots mm. up. I'm not ruling that out. Um, I mean, it might happen if we lose the final in such a manner that it's like, well, what are we even doing here anymore? But uh, mm. uh, what was my point? Um, India are good. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, my, my point being that like, India is so far ahead. Then like, I don't remember an Australian team ever being this far ahead in, in the 03 and 07. Not World in Cups, scorecard terms, probably in like Ponting's head terms. But what I think about the World Cups, okay, you look at like uh, 03 and 07. Mm. So in the South Africa World Cup and the West Indies World Cups when Australia didn't lose a game in either. Yeah. You look at like the other teams and the other teams had like some of their best ever players in their history. Like 03 had like Wakar Yunus yeah, yeah, as yeah. an example. Sri Lanka were amazing yeah. at a Patu, um, you know, just <laughs> names. Well, other, other guys. This happened to be the first name to get around, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, what about uh, like in 07, South Africa, who I think actually might have been favourites according to some people. You're like, look at their team in that year. They were fucking amazing. Yeah, but, but, like, but, but, this, but this is like, everyone else is kind of just like turning up to the tournament. I'd like to counter, I'll take your point, um, I'll take your point, that I'd like to counter also like picking up on the way you've described that. Yes, you're right. Other teams were really good in 03 and 07 and on any kind of face value analysis, mm. you would go, oh, okay, they match up well or whatever and anything can happen and the lead into it where Australia's lost games suggests that, you know, it's all it's all pretty close. Right. But the truth, and this is what actually panned out, is that like reflected the way we consume it. Like mm. Australia was so far ahead in those World Cups, I guarantee you and I barely watched it. As in so many of us in Australia were like, well, like it's when push comes to shove, it's yeah. it's done. Whereas this India team, they really are in like sporting analysis terms. They have like length and breadth and talent and depth uh, and like uh, options all over the park, mm -hmm. over and above every other team. Mm -hmm. They've got a rampant home crowd. Uh, as we said during the week, everything is coming up India. The semis are meant to be in uh, – Mumbai Kolkata. and Kolkata, they haven't even chosen who's going to play where, presumably based on how the table finishes and where India would Is like right? to play. Uh, I've heard it. Okay. That's the that's the word. Apparently they're not growing grass correctly at Kolkata, so it may be an absolute ragger that may assist depending on opponents, etc. My point is that <laughs> if everything that's, on if that's any, true, that's fucking unbelievable. Any rational yeah, believable. Any rational analysis, India yeah. is just unbackable favourites. And yet they haven't won an ICC tournament since 2013. Yeah. No one will admit it. The entire country will be absolutely bricking it mm. about the prospect of a semi-final loss 
or a final loss to a rampant Australia or South Africa side. Yeah. So, so I didn't think Australia in 03 or 07 ever had to deal with that. Australia in 03 and 07 was like, are we ready to go? Okay, let's do it. Yeah, some of those games, especially in the South African one, I can think. I mean, you're right. I wasn't actually where there were World Cups that you had to look mm. up before. All playing, sort of threes. <laughs> um, but like in the 03 one, for instance, like England had Australia like 90 for seven one yeah. game. Bickle does something, you know. That's what I mean. Similar against uh, New Zealand, that same World Cup. Mm. Uh, I don't know, but they, they still like found a way because the best teams always do. So I, I take your point. Mm. Um I mean, all, all the boys are playing golf at the moment, so there is. That's that, a really like, good sign. That's a another really good, good sign. sign. Another really good sign. Yeah, Bit Warner's of sun. been a coat. We're getting greedy. Yeah. Standards are low, even though we've got three fifty plus scores on the yeah. board. Yeah, um, people are angry. You know, Ponting, Ponting's out there criticizing him, which is good. That's, that, good. that's good for that's us. Good. Boys are playing golf. Zampa's not playing golf. Yeah, uh, you know, it's the, the sign they've really recovered. It's what I'm saying. <laughs> Four wins in a row for the boys. Um, name the teams they've beaten. Can't even remember the last one. Exactly. New Zealand. Another good sign. Netherlands. Mm. Sri Lanka. Pakistan. Pakistan. Not yeah. in that order, in yeah. any capacity. Just they play England. That's their next game. That's a big one on Saturday. Uh, if they win that one, they are more or less guaranteed, sort of, uh, for the no. I don't think that's true. But uh, I mean, yeah. they're, they're basically There's all sorts there. of scenarios. Uh, England will be, will be out of the tournament officially if they lose that game. Um, so, uh, I mean, we, we've, we've spoken about India there as well. But. Um, uh, shall we talk about England? Generally speaking, they sit bottom of the table. Um, more good stuff there because Owen Morgan, obviously, um, is he the defending World Cup winning captain despite retiring? Well, I think uh, he's making that clear. <laughs> <laughs> what a, what I haven't a, seen someone put much so much distance between them and others since we <laughs> commented on Gideon a few weeks ago. <laughs> With respect so to the great man. Owen Morgan has been uh, questioning what's happening in the dressing room. That's been... Uh, vehemently denied by Chris mm. Wokes and Matthew Mott. Um, but now there's also a thing that they found out apparently 90 minutes before the game they lost to against... Um, <laughs> they uh, lost to? India? India, yeah. yeah. That's... Uh, the Champions League, uh, sorry, the Champions <laughs> Trophy qualification, and then they're the Champions yeah, League. There might be a new tournament. Yeah. Well. That's the Saudi one. <laughs> That's it's, it's Real Madrid, yeah. Barcelona, and the England cricket team. Um, they're saving that one. Um, the qualification for that tournament is in jeopardy. Now, how it works is the seven teams plus the host nation play in that tournament. The host nation this time around is is Pakistan. That's in twenty twenty five. At the moment, uh, so the seven, sorry, seven top team, seven top teams oh from the World Cup. And the host nation. So the top eight, the top eight make the uh, make the Champions Trophy. England are currently tenth. They are uh, beneath Bangladesh. The Netherlands are on four points. Bangladesh are on two points. England are on two points. Uh, so they basically need to win probably two of their last three games to make the Champions Trophy. Now that is in an Ashes year, twenty twenty five. So, and uh, we're talking oh, about yeah. the the future of the code itself. Yeah. Uh, the I format. They, I bet they're gutted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we all are, because we've all been, you know. Really, I mean, I don't know about you. I've I've had you know when I look at the calendar and everyone talks about the calendar coming out, and I sort of underline the big games. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, um, you know, I've, I've had one eye on the Champions Trophy, which hasn't been played since 2017. Yeah, I wasn't even aware it was still a thing, to be yeah. honest. Uh, also, it's being held in Pakistan, which of course India just refused to travel to yeah. for the Asia so Cup. Do, so um, does England get India's spot? I just feel like something will happen. I don't know. Yeah, I just yeah, feel yeah. like perhaps India will take it off Pakistan. It feels like they did the Asia Cup. It feels like a footnote of like us trying to add some some comedy to this. Well, England might not make the Champions Trophy. Oh, totally. And, and my response is like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, okay, it's funny for in like a quote-unquote banter terms, yeah. uh, which, of course, anytime you use the word banter, that, that's actually directly proportioned to how funny that thing actually yeah. is. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, yeah, but I guess the other point is like, this is genuinely a disastrous tournament for England. Now, like before the tournament, we were thinking like bowling unders compared to last time in 2019 where they had all their players, but batting still looks pretty good. Batting looks very strong and they just, they haven't scored over 170 in the last three games. Uh, thanks to our, um, you know, stat dog segment. Uh, I learned that information. So the batting has been remarkably unders. Josh Butler scored 105 runs from six innings. He got 43 in the first game, so do the math there for the rest of the innings. Ben Stokes, um, you know, unretired himself, broke the record for the highest ever ODI score for an England player against New Zealand just before the World Cup, then was injured for the first couple of games. He's not bowling, missed out, played a fucking dreadful shot. You know what? In, the, in great cricket terms, it was a fucking dog of a shot. Uh, against uh, Mo Shami to be dismissed. It just looked like didn't want to be there. They are so on the plane, England. Um uh, and who else has done stuff? Well, Milan's obviously got to go, despite being the only guy to score 100. Uh, Berso, no runs. Um, who else plays? Yeah, Livingston on the other side. Harry Brook hasn't been playing. It, it's like the, the selections, they changed the team all over the place. Reese Topley obviously was injured. That's disappointing for him because he was also the best bowler in the tournament for them. Curran, out of the side. Wokes couldn't bowl it for yeah. a couple of weeks. Um, selections are deck chairs, Titanic stuff. 100%. Really. There's obviously mate, some, what some more macro issue. A genuine fucking disaster. A disaster for England. Like one win from six. Like oh. they, they, the players they have are way better than that. Well, you, mate, you hate to see it. <laughs> you just hate. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do think that no press pack does the skewering better. Mm. Uh, I do know that friends off the show, Ali Martin and Barney Ronne, um, have non-refundable trips to India oh, <laughs> leaving tonight. Shout out to the shout out to the gentleman. Yeah. I, I think as a as a duo we'll be providing fantastic uh, mm. analysis of, you know, the dying embers of this campaign. No question. Um England now have the opportunity though to play the fabled role of party pooper. Ah at the party tournament. pooper. Yeah, okay. Um you know it's a great role to play. Uh, like at its essence, the party pooping is the concept of acting for no personal gain or utility mm. um, solely to deny others success, mm. which we're all familiar with at grade level. Yep. Um, you know, it's common in infant developmental milestones. Mm. Uh, so it can be a positive sign yep. that your child is growing and, and socializing with the world. Um, like, you know, you're wanting a toy only because someone else has it. You didn't want it. Mm. Uh, and so I, I still think there's a lot on the table for England, such as mm. defeating Australia this weekend, yes. which then sets up a likely showdown between Australia and Afghanistan <laughs> for a semi-final. Seriously. So, like, that's how topsy-turvy yeah. the World Cup can be. Yeah. Afghanistan's like, fifth th at the moment. Th this week, we're like... Oh, signs are great for Australia waltzing into a final against India who'll be shitting bricks. This time next week, we yeah. could be shitting our pants against fucking Afghanistan. Yep. So, yeah. you know. Something to look forward something to. Something to look least. forward to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A bit of scoreboard journalism. Just be up when you're up, down when you're down. So Afghanistan, uh, they beat Sri Lanka overnight, which means they've now won three of their six games. They are now fifth. Top four make the finals, of, of course. Yeah. Um, Afghanistan's next game is against the Netherlands. If they win that game, they would be on eight points, which is the same amount of points as New Zealand and Australia. Australia is actually at the moment fourth on net run rate. Right. Um, New Zealand have harder games. I don't have it in front of me what New Zealand have, uh, have to play, but they do have to play I can South do Africa. That's actually yeah. tonight, I think, isn't it? They play South Africa tonight? Yes, they do. Uh, they got South Africa uh, tomorrow. 
seven, well, I mean, it doesn't matter as we go to air. Yeah. Um, South Africa, then Pakistan, yeah. then Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Yeah. So, so, you know, there's, you know. There, there are ways and ways. Uh, Pakistan have to win all their games. But Afghanistan at the moment, so Afghanistan have beaten Sri Lanka, they beat Pakistan, and they beat England. Yeah. They lost the game against Bangladesh, their first game. They must be fucking kicking themselves to lose that game. It's mm. Bangladesh's only win of the tournament so far. That was in the first game. That was at Durham Charlotte, I think. I'm 90% sure. Um, if they had won that game, they'd be on eight points with Australia and New Zealand. They didn't. They lost the game. They lost so, that game uh, you know, cricket. What am I even talking about? Yeah. But it just goes to show that- uh, Some teams know. can beat some teams, and other times they can't in fixtures of sport. Welcome back to the great cricketer. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, stuff's happening. Hey, do you want to talk about Pakistan? <laughs> do you want to talk about Pakistan? Yeah. So, uh, so Pakistan at the moment, they find themselves in about sixth or seventh. Uh, they need to win all of their remaining games uh, and basically need New Zealand to fall over, which is possible. Uh, but Pakistan players have apparently not been paid for five months. That's according to former captain Rashid Latif, who said that Barbara Azam, uh, the current captain, has been trying to contact the PCB but with no response. Yeah, so England thinks it's got problems with central contracts because yeah. one guy didn't get one. Well, mm. no one in Pakistan has one. No one's getting anything. Uh, this is also coupled with the news today that Inzamam al-Haq, who's the chief selector, he's resigned from his post over conflict of interest. So he's a director of a company called Yuzu International. I think people in the UK might know what that is, like flavoured chocolate milk. Uh, Rizwan is also a director of that company, but one of the other directors of the company, there's four directors for Yuzu International, there's Inzi, <laughs> there's Rizwan, and then this other guy who is a director of um, – he's a managing director of an agency that represents Barbara Azam, Shaheen Jafredi, and Mohammed Rizwan. So there's a bit of conflict of interest there in terms of a selecting capacity. Yeah. Um, yeah. My relationship with Yuzu is at uh, my club in the UK, Farnham, down there in Surrey. Uh, we used to have uh, like a Guinness and Yuzu cocktails. Oh, now we're talking. Uh, where you used to uh, um, yeah, just smash that uh, all in one go, um, of course. <laughs> And then jab a <laughs> banana into the uh, opposition's eye. <laughs> so you and I having a gazoo what the with fuck Guinness. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? So we're talking about banana stabbers here, Peza. That's what we're talking about here in relation to Pakistan. Hang on. <laughs> are you, are you, what are you, like I was fully following. I, yeah. I was thinking as you were talking, yeah. I'm like, I bet no one in world cricket media has this angle on you mm. zoo. Mm. Like, well, I played at Farnham and we had yeah. we usually did a little cocktail there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so you you get so now it's a drinking competition between you and I. Oh, okay. So there's so there's a, a pint of Guinness. Yeah, you, we've got a, you've got a pint of Guinness. Yeah, I've got a pint of Guinness. Yeah, I'm with you. Now there's a bit of Yuzu in the Guinness. Yeah. So it's it's Yuzu and Guinness. Yeah. Flavored milk and yeah. Guinness. Okay. You you three two one cheers. Yeah, got it. First to finish. Right. Picks up banana. The winner, like so. If I oh, finish so it you, first, you, okay. You you win. You finish it. it first, and you jab a banana in my eye. So whoever finishes the drink first is is then given the opportunity yes. to take a, a, a an unpeeled banana. Is peeled. it peeled or unpeeled? Peeled. Yeah, yeah a peeled banana yeah. and jab it in the other person's <laughs> eye. Yep. <laughs> and that's what's happening with Pakistan that's at the what's moment. Happening with Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I yeah. like? Um, never liked. I mean, the Pakistan in administrative calamity is mm. a stereotype. A trope as old as time, yeah, uh, and probably for good reason. Mm. Um, you know, the guys should be paid. That matters. Uh, it's important. Uh, I think it's for many reasons. It's al- was always going to be a difficult World Cup yep. for them, um, notwithstanding injuries and um, traveling to India, yeah. etc. Yeah. Um, I got to say though, man, like 
there's a cricket show that they have, like a panel show that I keep getting <laughs> yeah, fed. Yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. That has like Wazim, yeah, Wazim yeah. Miss Barrel Huck, yeah. Muhammad Yusuf. Uh, who else is knocking about on it? Like a, a couple of ex-players, obviously with some of them have the greatest beards of all time, like greatest face salad you've ever seen. Yeah. I don't know the name of the host. Everyone, everyone looks fucking thick yeah. on, that, on that panel. I you think know what I said? As in like- like the the digits are thick, the jaw is thick. It looks like like they're speaking Urdu, All right, and, okay, I, yeah. and, and so I don't know what they're saying. But they look like they're having the best fucking time. They look like, like they're having they, a riot, seriously. Yeah. And like when Pakistan wins, mm. they're dancing, dancing, the music's on. It yeah. looks sensational. Get me on that. And when they're losing, it looks yeah. like an extremely entertaining blower. <laughs> and I really and I want to shout out. Yeah, like it's all connected. I want to shout out to Pakistan cricket. Uh, you then go into um, and it's another shout out to to Crick Buzz and uh, Gaurav Kapoor and uh, Harsh is there and like Harsh is just going like there's nothing more comical than a Pakistan cricket administration. And he's right, but he goes on to say mm. you know to forewarn that like. It's when Pakistan's at its lowest ebb that the lotus blooms. Oh, and so, okay. You know, cornered yeah, I, lion I believe stuff. he's also cornered lion <laughs> stuff, but actually, yeah. you know, like uh, they're two, they're two and four. There's still a mathematical chance. Yeah, uh, everything's gone to shit, and yep. whoever is going to run into them is going to get smashed. You know so, what I mean? And it's going to be like uh, Tamasha. You know, obviously, no one in world cricket wants them to finish fourth and New Zealand miss out because the semi final will then be India. No, nah, no one wants that. No, 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 nobody no. wants that circumstance yeah. at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's that's Pakistan. Uh, Anything else good happening in the group? I mean, uh, South Africa's still doing amazing shout, stuff. Shout out New Zealand. Um, Why? You know, cute. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, yeah. Shout out New Zealand. Yeah. I mean, that game was over in 14 balls. That yeah. was very clear. All the WhatsApps were going around. That the game yeah. was done. Yeah, they run it close, but uh, yeah. I'm just not close enough. No, shout out um, Daryl Mitchell, who I think would be in any world ODI 11. Uh, he looked amazing against well, he Australia. Make our side. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, he would. Um, yeah, quite easily. And uh, Ratchan Ravindra yeah. as well. Uh, who wow. just What a player. What a player. Um, Ooze's class. Uh, someone on Patreon wrote, you know, when can we. Um, you know, Jimmy, uh, when, when, when can we crowded house Russell Crowe? This kind of stuff with Ratchan Ravindra oh, starts start yeah, claiming. Yeah, I think yeah. India has already kind of done whatever the equivalent equivalent is yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, something yeah, about yeah. his name. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um, someone on Patreon pointed out his, his name's a portmanteau of something. I don't know what. Not someone on Patreon pointed out, I think it's Ray Hadley and Lee Lin Chin. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe there is an Australia connection. <laughs> um, shout out Ratchan yeah. Ravindra. Um, Love to get him on one day. If you want our reaction to all the games happening the following morning, if you want to wake up to that sort of gear, you can get to the audio on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash great cricket. You can, of course, watch our shit on YouTube as well. If that's how you want to consume it. Uh, we went past 250,000 subs uh, last week or something. How'd that make you feel? Anything? Oh, uh, yeah. Awesome. All right. There's something. Um, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's the World Cup. Should we talk about? Uh, should we talk about? Should we talk to Adam Gilchrist now? Oh, okay, and not with him. Talk to him. Yes, <laughs> yeah, talk at him. <laughs> yeah. All right, here's us talking at Adam Gilchrist. But before then, ah, yes, we must let we everybody must. know. Yes, that this here interview is brought to you by mm. Shane Watson's winning the inner battle available at shanewatson.au, helping you become a better cricketer, and that's from the lowest. Wheelie bin level available <laughs> <laughs> all the way through to the very top. Do you think that it's actually transferable? Cause like he's, he's got, he's got Faf on the cover. He's got uh, our good friend, the horse, Brett Lee. 
uh, <laughs> you know, on well the cover. Yeah. Um, and so these guys have played the sport at the top of the game. But do you think, like, guys who are wearing black Dunlop volleys uh, yeah. whilst dragging a kit a- across dewy outfields on a Saturday morning – with a bat coming out of the bat sleeve, a yeah. la 2003 cricket kits, mm-hmm. can they be assisted in the same way that it's helped Shane Watson, Faf Duplessis, Brett Lee? Have you not been guys? listening? <laughs> <laughs> any any level. Cricketers and humans okay. of any level okay. uh, will be assisted by this book. Actually, genuinely, uh, one of my very best mates uh, is a is a coach, uh, is a cricket coach. <sighs> I thought you were going to say he's a coat. <laughs> he is. He's a coat. He knows that. Yeah. He knows that. <laughs> he's a coat of a coach. Yeah. If you're in a group of mates and there aren't at least yeah. 50 to 60% of that group yeah. conceding that they are indeed coats, it's yes. not a fun group of mates. If you if your group of schoolmates aren't a bunch of all-timers, yeah. like some of the absolute all-timers, yeah. then what are you even doing? And by the same token- Mm. Good blokes. Once you get to know them, <laughs> yeah, now, that's right. We've digressed. <laughs> yeah, so here we have. Uh, he he's a coach. He uh, was really impressed with it. Did all the exercises. Okay. Um, happy to discuss how you actually create a mindset that helps you genuinely perform to the best of your abilities mm. in all situations. Okay. Uh, it is, it, it's, it's a book that's going to make you a better cricketer. Um, obviously that's not really the message of this show. Uh, no. The message of this show is that- Get uh, out while you can. G- get out. It's a prison uh, <laughs> and um, it's antisocial and bad for your life, both at the time and after, and it has a compound effect on the rest of your career. But if you have decided irrespective <laughs> yeah, to yeah, play yeah. the game- But you know all these things- And you are interested in excelling yeah. in the things that you waste your time I'm doing yes if you if you've already cons- consumed all of the warning signs if yeah. you've seen that like, those fungal feet on the back of a cigarette pack you thought you know what play on i've seen the warning signs i'm gonna crack on that's what my cricket is so, sorry <laughs> antiquated reference yeah uh if, if you are interested in actually being good while you're playing yeah shane watson's winning the inner battle is the preeminent book on getting the best out of yourself when it comes to cricket you get it at shanewatson.au here he is this time i promise adam gilchrist We are extraordinarily lucky to have one of Australia's greatest ever cricketers with us on the show this week, uh, a three-time World Cup winner, relevantly, so he knows how to get it done. Gilly, welcome back to The Great Cricketer for the third time. Thank you very much, lads. What a what a pleasure. I, I feel like it was um, the pleasure was all yours last time, and now the pleasure's all mine, given the <laughs> status that you both have moved to within cricketing circles, but... Ah, good, good to chat. Love, love your work. It's uh, good to be catching up again. Yeah. Oh, interesting. A bit more interest in talking to us now. Sort of moved up in the cricket world. Is <laughs> <laughs> we might have mentioned before. I have looked at those texts you send through and scroll back through about. 14 unanswered ones. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, Jesus, that's an honour to go on that one. I better get that. <laughs> um, yeah, Gilly, a lot of people in Australia will know you as the uh, the voice of uh, Fox Cricket through the summer. Uh, and uh, I'm keen to know what, you know, a legend of the game actually gets up to in between Australian summers? Like, are you an avid cricket watcher? Are you all over the World Cup? Is it is, is it an every ball sort of thing? Or is it like you've played so much cricket, you know how it goes? Uh, how do you kind of relate to the game? Uh, well, I, I guess a good indication might be, Pez, that when you asked me very – and I was honoured, seriously, to be asked to do that 
the live show in London the night before the second test, the Lord's test. Um, and unfortunately, I wasn't in London then. I missed the show. I actually missed the whole test. Um, and I don't know, did I miss much? I haven't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Google, Google second test Lord's ashes and I can't find any. I don't know. <laughs> I can't one, but, um, that's because I was in uh, Greek islands, uh, Italy, France, yeah. doing yeah. everything possible that never really got the chance to do as a player. We had the big family European vacation. So I switched off this winter. Um, I haven't done a lot of cricket stuff at all, if any. But um but keeping an eye on the World Cup, it's been a, it's been a, uh, yeah, funny old tournament, hasn't it? Mm. Like you talk to a lot of people, a couple of close results in recent days, as you'd be aware, lads. But um, it's captured the imagination of everyone just yet. And I think that, without getting too serious about it, that that opening image of Game One of effectively an empty stadium, probably where everyone out here hears from tragics like us saying India is you know that is cricket heaven that's they love it they'll watch any cricket they they know every cricketer and then the showpiece event opens with pretty much empty stadium at the start i think they half filled it or quarter filled it didn't they with about forty thousand by the end of it but yeah. uh yeah so it's been an interesting one to follow uh but the wheels are getting in motion now and you get to the as they say the, the pointier end and a few upsets it must be gilly every time a, a 50 over world cup comes around and like there's just uh, I don't know if you remember this, but you scored a hundred against Sri Lanka in a final once, and you had a you had a uh, squash ball half one in your glove. Oh, the squash ball! Do you, I don't. You might not remember that, but yeah. like every time the World Cup comes round, like the notifications just be. Do you remember when Gilly did this? Yeah, little tidbit. Yeah, it's, it's magic, and you actually hope if this is where India struggles because you don't get the washouts in India. Yeah, so they put the old reruns on. Whereas, <laughs> I wish I did a bit more in the Sydney Test match over the years because you guarantee a couple of reruns. Uh, Tugger keeps getting his hundred against England players. Like um, now, nah, yeah, nice to reminisce, sit back and think of the the various uh, World Cups. Mm. Uh, I had the the honour of playing in three, and and we got up in three of them. But um, yeah, that 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 Barbados one, I was actually asleep just before we went out to bat in yeah, that one. Mm. So it was the ultimate, you, you, you know, we heard Glenn Maxwell say he was a little bit too aroused when he went out there <laughs> in Bangalore um, and dong first ball up in the air. So I guess I went the other way in the in the final in 2007 and um, tried to be as unaroused as possible mm. before we went out to bat and got a juicy half volley from Varsi first ball and smoked it straight to Murley and thought this is a good day for batting. Well, pin the big ears of mine back and give it a crack. <laughs> Is it, you know, when, when you're doing like uh, that content capture and you um you get asked about the, the squash ball in the hand, you know, like I know like Paul McCartney's out here touring and he must have to take a big breath before he sings Hey Jude for the 7,000th <laughs> time in his life, maybe 70,000. Like, do you just put the big old mask on and just yeah. go to work? Well, you see, what happened was I was, I was just out of form a bit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. There's an element of that, but I suppose one day no one will ask you about it. But um, I, I probably with that tournament, I'd like to go back to the the start of the tournament. It's probably the more memorable moment, pivotal moment, perhaps. I was late to the tournament. I didn't miss any of the main games, but I missed a few of the the practice games at the start. Which um, it's always a strategic move. The closer you get to the end of your career, how you miss those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
No one wants to play them, the mm. warm-up game. It's like Kawaja with Shield cricket. <laughs> <laughs> so nine months out, decided to get my wife pregnant so I could stay behind um, for the birth of my child and delay going to the Caribbean, which worked perfectly. So I got there to St Vincent, small island where we were based in, in the warm-up phase of that tournament. Got there. I actually, unfortunately, had to play one of the practice games, but I, I landed that night. Got wife and baby home. Mel and, and Archie, his name was, home. All safe. Flew over there, landed. A bit reluctant to leave. I was starting to drag the chain a bit about having to leave another another newborn. Got to the West Indies, grabbed big Matty Hayden, grabbed a, a couple of beers and a, a big stogie and went down to the beach and decided to oh, wet the baby's head to a certain extent <laughs> and celebrate. Um, did the same the next night. Yeah. And then, uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately, each of those nights kicked on a bit later than just down at the beach. Um, But finally, Buchanan and Ponting dragged me in and asked me, am I switched on? Am I ready to go? They were a bit concerned. I wasn't, you know, my mind wasn't in it, as they say. And it's time to stop. And I did take on board what they said. And I did actually use all my experience to guys can I have one more night? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just one more. Just give us one more. This is leadership. Buck said yes. Yeah. So basically the whole team went out for one massive blowout right at the start of the to get that done. And then away we went. Steamroll didn't look like losing the game. <laughs> what we, a yeah. team. <laughs> well, I just want to ask you on that, on that Gilly, because um, I don't know actually where it's from. I just, it just popped up on my social media feed, as these things do. And it's Ricky talking about um, the 2007 uh, World Cup. And apparently he was asked by a journalist, like, what's it like going into a tournament where you guys are not the favourites? And Punter yeah. was like, well, he didn't say, I'm paraphrasing, he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? But he's like, How mate. How offended was he? Yeah, yeah, he was like, mate, I want you sitting there at the end of this tournament. And obviously, yeah, you guys uh, didn't lose a game uh, yeah. during that 34-game winning streak in the World Cup or whatever. But um, do, do you remember um, Australia not being favourites in that World Cup? I think that was on the back of just prior to that tournament, we played a three-game series, didn't we, in New Zealand? Right. Uh, um, but I didn't go on that trip. Um, I think we rested two or three of us, I suppose, of the core players. I'm not even sure if Punter went. But Haydos got a 190 or something at Hamilton. And, oh, yeah, um, I remember that, yeah. Losing cause, uh, which, you know, those numbers were extraordinary, 350 or something mm. like that in those days. So, yeah, but I reckon we might have lost 3-0 to New mm. Zealand there but uh so maybe it was on the back of that and i think more the point was we're an aging group which mm. we were uh a few of us but we still had a bit of sting in the tail and um and got over there and, and settled in mm. uh, the current australian team is a bit of an aging group as well do you think they still have sting in their tail like what what, what have you made of the campaign so far do they need a blowout uh you know they, they look like they're turning the corner they've put together a couple of good games and and yet it's there's still a few holes there, you know. I mean, you're you know, Ricky called out deplorable middle overs batting the other day. Uh, what what are you making of the team? Yeah, that that batting, I suppose it's easy to on the back of two massive opening partnerships. It's not very often where the whole batting lineup in limited overs cricket fires. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to come in at none for two seventy or whatever it was, or none for 180 in Durham Shala <laughs> where you're, you're daydreaming and getting all spiritual and herbal because mm. you're up around the Dalai Lama and mm. there's, you know, wafts of 
different smells coming through the stadium. It's so <laughs> pieced out up there. It's um, <laughs> you folks been up there? Nah, nah, love to. Because they can that test match up there, didn't yeah, they? Last yeah, time? yeah, yeah. Got to get up there. You blokes doing a pod from up the top there. <laughs> <laughs> a place called McLeod Gange, Jesus. <laughs> that, uh, that will take it to, uh, the, well, the highest level, really. Uh, <laughs> I love like, that level. Oh, wait, I'll put my hand up for that tour when you okay. take it on. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's it's not often, yeah, everyone fires all the way through because, as Maxie said, you go out there so that the eyes are rolling a bit. You um, you know, you got you got to balance it all up. So if the... If they're getting the job done, oh, I just think they're rolling into a nice bit of rhythm. I get to the semis, you hear that cliche, it's tournament play, and we used to dine out on that. You know, I think that grew after the 99 World Cup where we battled against Scotland, lost in a surprise against New Zealand, got pumped by Pakistan. All of a sudden we, were, we couldn't lose another game, no matter what. Different format back then, but we just couldn't drop another game, otherwise we're cooked. Um, but we scraped and scrapped and got into that next round. And then we obviously get to the semi and then we, you know, Herschel drops target. Then we get to the semi, it's a tie, and then we play the perfect match. So after that, I think we all started going, oh, yeah, it's all about tournament play. We certainly didn't mention that before the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it easy and peak at the right time. Bullshit. We were trying to win every game. We got knocked over by a couple of unfancy teams early and we were on wood the whole way through. So... But there is a little bit of truth in that saying, that cliche, just get to the knockout phase. And after that knockout, anything's possible. So I don't think I – mean, India are still favourites. They're still playing the perfect cricket. Um, a lot of people say, you know, don't play your perfect cricket all the way through. Well, I reckon bullshit to that too. <laughs> we did. We managed to do that uh, in the Caribbean and got the trophy. So – Get, I don't think teams would want to play Australia in a semi. Um, and then on the final, it's anyone's guess. So I, I think they're as good a chance as any to, to win it. India is still number one seeds. I asked uh, uh, Watto this, the same question a couple of weeks ago, Gilly, uh, just about like that um, – that's like playing on the uh, stereotype of, of teams, you know, like Australia has this arrogance, you know, and, and other nations say, yeah, but Australia's always so good in ICC events, right? And uh, I mean, look at like the blistering start of India, South Africa have been tremendous. And they're just yeah. like, you get to a semi final and Australia's going to be wearing the canary yellow and South Africa's going to be wearing their green. And it's like, we, South Africa knows what they're going to do and they're going to fall over. You know, like, did, were you as a player, because in, in 07, going back to that, you guys played against South Africa in the semi-final and you bowled them out for a hundred and something. Uh, and they had a great team, as they always do, South Africa. But, like, did, do you, did you play on that emotion as well as, like, you guys are going to choke? You know, India always fall over in the big tournaments as well. Did, did, you, did you play on that feeling? Uh, look, I personally didn't. Mm. I, was, I was nervous. I was, you know, really nervous and... Um, I hated to tempt fate. So I thought, sort of, nah, just, you know, the old clear numb for none, got to do my work, get myself right, because you just don't know what's coming. But Punter, it's a really good reference that game, you know, the, the semi against South Africa, because Punter, um, I mean, we, we were throwing it around in our, within our team that we thought Jack Callis, clearly world class, if not the premier all rounder, 
certainly statistically across all forms of the game mm. ever, really, um, or certainly up in the conversation. But we, you know, we throw around, oh, he's just a bit slow. He's not he's not getting it moving enough. He's so reliable. He's not winning them games with his bat in, in regards to um, tempo. But, oh, shit, I was never going to say that. You know, <laughs> come out, he'll get 50 off 20. And But Punter threw it out there in the media the day before that semi. Um and Callis came out and tried to charge Pigeon third ball and lost his off stump, which was very un like So I can only assume that that's it, got inside his mind a little bit. Mm. Um, I don't, I've never asked JK that. but uh, So, no, we. I don't think – I think that was one of the great strengths of Buchanan was kept us all grounded, kept us all focused. And, um, yeah, that old term that – I do remember through all the World Cups getting to the knockout phase and saying – you know, the game owes us nothing. This tournament owes us nothing. It's afforded us the right to play a knockout, a, a semi-final or a, or a final, but it doesn't owe us anything. It's because we're undefeated. We played Sri Lanka in 2003 and we were undefeated. We played them in the semi and Buck in a team meeting goes, uh, is anyone worried about that myth that, you know, you, you've got to lose a game, you can't just keep winning? <laughs> and I'll my hand shot up. <laughs> I'm going, Park off, fucking pack of nuggets here. I don't know what's going on. And he just said, it's a myth. It's it's absolute rubbish. There's no statistical sort of um, evidence that means you have to lose a game. Mm, yeah. You lose games. There's no command that they have to. So little mind games like that do come into it when you get into the into the top end. Yeah. So could you indulge me then, Gilly, in a bit of like a virgin fanfic? Uh, because there's a lot of our <laughs> listeners, including me as well, um, who, who, who like who are virgins who like fan fiction. Um, <laughs> but, but like with that in mind, <laughs> with that in mind, India are a team that like may also not believe in the have to lose one to win the tournament, yeah. the loss you have to have, and stuff like that. Can you like imagine? You know the. 03 to 07 team of your pomp led by Ricky Ponting trying to psychologically get under the skin of this Indian side, this current Indian side, you know, where, where would you, you know, what sort of comments or barbs would you throw out in the media? Uh, you know, who, who are you targeting? How do you kind of expose any fragility that might be there in this Indian side that really looks like it just simply cannot lose? Well, I'd, I'd employ Michael Vaughan as our PR agent. <laughs> uh, I think he does a wonderful job in his social media stuff to absolutely heap praise on India. Yeah, and it's all just praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all the comments that come back from the Indians are, you're trying to put the mocker on us, you're trying to. <laughs> so there might be some sort of method there, but geez, I don't know what we'd, um, I don't know. Uh, India now, um, well, in 07, uh, sorry, in 03, when we played India in the final at the Wanderers, that felt like we were in Mumbai, such was the, the Indian crowd, which is typical of any Indian cricket anywhere around the world. Uh, mm. There's a support base for them. Um, so it all felt like it was going their way, and they had a good team. Tendulkar mm. <laughs> and Ganguly and Dravid and all those guys, Saywag. So, mm. um, but they won the toss. Gengali won the toss and walked past McGrath. He chose to bat and he walked. Uh, chose to bowl. Walked past McGrath and McGrath just said, "That's your first mistake of the day." <laughs> so subtle, subtle little alpha plays, little things like that, might be. Um, and it did prove to be the first mistake because it was overcast when the toss went up. And as Hados and I walked out the bat, like the parting of the clouds was, yeah. and the sun came through. 
and first over went for 15, I think, from Zahir Khan. So uh, off we went. But, yeah, I, Rowett's been good, hasn't he? I, yeah, I like yeah. him. Compared yeah. to other ICC tournaments or other World Cups, this and, you know, watch Virat's fans light up when they hear this. But I think Rowett's <laughs> calmness um, and, well, it wasn't Virat. It was probably MS last time, was it? Mm-hmm. Um well, watch those fans light up. But, um, <laughs> I, I just think Rowett's had a real calmness about him. Um, I've loved him, played IPL with him when he was 19 or 20 in the first three years and uh, just such a cool character. Mm. And, and you know, that fine line, a bit like Mark War, where it's, is he trying? Mm. Does he give a shit? Or is he just too talented and doesn't need to look like trying? So he's just doing a great job there and he's got – such a well-balanced unit they can call on any substitute which you guys pointed out the other day <laughs> yeah. yeah shemi comes in as a sub gets five they get sky in he can whack them around so it doesn't matter the bench strength is it's pretty strong um i don't know where you want to sell them really maybe, yeah. maybe just that old adage of the expectation will get the better of them but they're pretty experienced confident cricketers with a, a really balanced leader at the moment. Do you reckon, Gilly, that uh, the difference between this Indian side uh, compared to ones you played against or even the last couple of editions in in sort of 2015 and 2019, that like India's always had good batters, right? They, they've always had top-level guys that have huge numbers, but, but their bowling's probably been slightly unders. You know, like I feel like bowling typically wins you. Like the best bowling attack typically wins you tournaments, you know? And I feel at the moment with... Bumra, Shami, Siraj, uh, Kulib Yadav is so mm. good. Jadeja. J- Jadeja, yeah, yeah. He's, he's good as well, he's you good. know. And then obviously Hardik Pandya when he's been playing. Um, do you think that's the difference compared to even, say, 03, you know, just to put into your era, where they had great batters, but their bowling might have been just slightly unders? Well, that's a bloody good point, actually. Um, <laughs> actually, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was due. Not what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> You guys know your cricket, don't you? <laughs> uh, bit of a drive-by on you there as well, Gilly. I mean, you, you know, you made runs against that Indian team and you guys have just said, oh, yeah, probably been under, they under sort of international twos, really. Yeah. yeah. Played, played punter 140 in a final, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, against Ashish Nira. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's nice. <laughs> the, it is, well, the thing of, the thing of our three in a row, you know, Warner McGrath in any team yeah. is going to win games in any format. Really, and then even 07, you know, the goal of Nathan Bracken mm. bowling his left arm, sort of almost fast off spinners. He was almost unplayable on those dry decks in the Caribbean. So, yes, I think you're spot on. Here you go. Oh. I think um, that is where we've seen that elevation of Indian cricket across the board, mm. you know, coming out here, particularly in test matches, you know, two tours in a row, not losing. Two tours in a row winning. Did they win both series? I think they did. Yeah, yeah. They won both, won yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that is on the back of the bowling unit and not just the spin, probably more so the development of their fast seam bowling on the back of that. So it's, yeah, all bases covered. And you've got Ashwin just sitting there prowling around, waiting for the right conditions to come in and absolutely embarrass everybody with his skill. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, good, good unit, strong. Mm. Mm. Uh, England, Gilly, you hate to see it. Um, yeah. What's uh, what's undone them? Um, the format, the hundred, Basball, central contracts, Stokes, Milan, Owen Morgan's comments. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't really thought much about it. 
you sort of got to contain yourself a little bit, don't you? It's um, yeah. Some of the um, some of the chat that came out from that Ashes during the Ashes after it. It was a real – there was a real oddness to it, wasn't it? There was an yeah. awkwardness and uneasiness to it. I don't think it ever really um, – it didn't get, you know, uh, abusive in a way of a, a really personal pointed, aggressive nature, but there was a lot of heat in it and it, it continues on clearly. So, And that was just as an outside observer. But just oh, look for a lot of it, let others say it about you. Don't you don't need to say it about yourself. <laughs> so mm. just yeah, just that's probably the main thing. And the great cricketing gods, as they say, <laughs> who knows? They, they've been amazing, haven't they? For six or seven years, they've certainly had to do something after fi- twenty fifteen, and they got that right. And they've been the world leaders in um, in white ball stuff for for a while now. So all all those sort of cycles do come to an end eventually. But geez, it's come to a screaming halt. Um, but the the contract timing is extraordinary. That yeah. is, how does that happen in in modern management? Not just sport, but just in any you know organisation. How do you drop that in the middle of a tournament? It's just mind blowing how they can stuff that up. So, uh, yeah, they got a, a fair few thing wrong things wrong in in hindsight, and they're um they're going to pay the price. Looks like <laughs> no no um. Champions Trophy, it seems, if, they, yeah, if yeah. which everyone would be gutted about yeah. that. I didn't even know the Champions Trophy was still on. <laughs> Neither did we. That's all I said. Yeah, 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 exactly. Champions what? Champions what? Um, that's hockey. Yeah, it's hockey. It's hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, missed out. Gilly, I'm, I'm tempting fate here because Australia's got three games left in yeah. the group stages, England, Afghanistan, Bangladesh. You know, anything can happen here. But, um, you know, and there's been a few, um, quote-unquote, upsets uh, in the Mm -hmm. tournament. Um, But Australia, typically speaking, has been quite – like, Australia doesn't really suffer upsets in World Cups. We sort of – we just sort of win the games we do, and then you you lose games against, you know, India and and England at times and whatever. So, obviously, now Australia's going to lose all three games and miss out on the the playoffs or whatever. So, that's that's how it's going to be. But um, I can't remember a game – that you would have played in, where it was like a shock upset. Maybe um, two thousand and five against Bangladesh. Mm. Did you did you play that game where, where Bangladesh won in England? I did. Did, did you? I so, did. can you think of any other games where like you had a big upset like that, or was it just that one? Yeah, that that game was um, Roy's match. Yes. Or yes. Where, where I mean, the fact that he drank until seven a.m. wasn't really the giveaway, uh, <laughs> and then. He, Stumbled onto the bus and fell asleep in the five-minute journey to the ground. Um, the real giveaway was when he tried to do his calf stretch and he pushed against a wheelie bin, and that's where it <laughs> fell out from underneath him. So that was the giveaway that he's probably not fit. <laughs> God love the big fella. Uh, we miss him dearly. Yeah. Uh, so that, yeah, that. Well, that was. Jeez, that was like seismic. Bloody shutters, wasn't it? Around yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Took us down. Um, uh, it's funny, we batted first at three for 40 is when Roy, who batted at five, would have been going in and he was desperately keen to play and turn around and look at him over in the corner of the change room 
and he is sound asleep, just <laughs> cap down, just absolutely out of it. So would have been he maybe should have played. We might not have lost, but <laughs> um, what other? Ah, uh, look now, I don't think so. We played Holland a few times. Yeah, uh, Scotland. We played a few times. Yeah, that. It probably weren't the amount of what we would say minnows or no, no, sure. Around now, which is good. I mean, what Afghanistan are doing and and Holland is it's bloody exciting, actually, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not just a and that was always a complaints about having them in the tournament because they were just foregone conclusions. So it's, it has actually made it a bit more, um, bit more interesting in that regard. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you. I mean, I guess what I'm asking is because um, like I feel like if Australia lose against Afghanistan or Bangladesh, I reckon there would be a fucking meltdown in Australia, you know? Like, like we're looking at, like, complete reviews of the system. Great cricket's got to change. Uh, what does this mean for the Big Bash? Uh, mm. You know, just – but but uh, so we, we almost, like, we almost don't accept it, you know? So I guess, like, what I'm asking is, what do you remember of the fallout of the game against Bangladesh when you guys lost in 05? Yeah, well, we had some serious meetings that night. Yeah. Just trying to get to the bottom of what happened the night before the game. Hmm. Uh, what we do with Roy, Cree Australia from memory wanted to drag him home. Punter uh, and myself and Buck fought very hard to keep him there. Um, he ended up player of the series too, by the way, hmm. um, after two game suspension. Um, <laughs> and that went till late in the night. We then had to get on the bus and drive from Cardiff to Bristol because that game, the, the Bangladesh game, was on a Saturday. We then had to drive to Bristol and play England the very next day oh. at, at Bristol. Um, so we got to bed late, up early for a day game at Bristol. The bus pulled up outside the Bristol ground and dropped us, unloaded all our kit bags on the wrong side of the ground. So we all had to do the walk of shame, <laughs> getting our bloody kit bags around the edge of the ground yeah. while all the Pommy supporters sitting there with the Sunday papers with headlines about Bangladesh bloody giving it to us. So it was a pretty... Pretty good day. And then Kevin the Skunk Peterson went out and got 80 not out and knocked us down. So um, it was a shit weekend all around, really. <laughs> But the fallout was more about how we were going as a team. Yeah. Uh, were we focused and so on? And, well, maybe the, maybe the fractures had appeared there early on what went on to be the, uh, the handing back of the ashes about yeah. Yeah. two or three months later. Gilly, I, I know you're, you're probably obligated to talk this up as, a, as the voice of Fox Cricket. Um, w- what are you looking forward to this Australian cricketing summer, uh, if anything? <laughs> <laughs> I went. I had somewhat of a reunion at Gordon Cricket Club last week, so I'm hoping that hasn't been the peak. All right. <laughs> it, was wonderful, it was a wonderful day and night, I you, can tell you that. He goes not invited. Yeah. No, yeah. I, was, I was invited, but right. um, yeah, like they asked me first, and then they couldn't get me, so they got Gilly. Yeah, got Gilly. Yeah, got, got it, Gilly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just a couple of couple of stags. Yeah, a couple it's of greats. Amazing the fine detail with which guys that played in finals back in the early nineties can remember and recall every nut. Yeah, yeah. every yeah. single delivery. Uh, well, yeah, it goes without saying every dismissal, mm. uh, <laughs> every celebration. Mind you, I. They record myself and a young oh, mate of mine, Paul McLean. We came down from Lismore to play in our first year and we won the premiership. And the whole celebration in the Gordon Rugby Club, all he and I wanted to do, we lived in a flat above a pizza shop in Roseville and 
all we wanted to do was try and steal the stag's head off the wall in the rugby club. And, and we, had it off, we had it off the wall, ready to go to the train station to get it back home to our unit. But, um, some old geezer pulled us up. And so that was dull with great fun at the, uh, the catch-up the other day. But, um, this summer, I reckon uh, Big Bash is going to be massive. Yeah. Huge. Uh, Pakistan tests anything could happen. So I hope they fire a shot. And then after that, Jesus, the West Indies aren't filling us with great confidence that it's going to be much of a contest. That's the reality of it. Um, so, but the Big Bash will be interesting. They shorten it up, you know, listen to the the fans, the broadcasters, the players. Uh, credit to Cree Australia for, for rolling the dice on this one. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, contained in the school holidays. So... Hopefully that keeps the the fire burning. Mm. Let, let me just ask you, uh, um, you know, one you're probably going to get a thousand times before the summer starts. I mean, it's relevant to you. Uh, are, are you. Are you picking David Warner in that first test? Is it a fait accompli because he's, he's scoring runs at the World Cup, or are you giving a a, a new player a couple of hits uh, ahead of a, a big India series next year? Oh, I've got no doubt they'll pick him. They'll. That wasn't my out. question though. <laughs> <laughs> So it's almost morphing into a somewhat. It, it's it's two games more than what Ian Healy wanted. <laughs> so <laughs> Healy wanted the, the farewell at his home ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't get it. So what ha- what up. happened? What happened there? <laughs> yeah, what, what happened what, there? What happened with that? Who came in? Who came in for him? Oh, some imposter from somewhere else. So, <laughs> Uh, a mate of mine before my test debut at the Gabba for that test match gave me a a little, um, almost like a card, a, a timber box, and you open it up and it's got a can of Forex um, with two cigars in it. So the can of Forex was for me to warm up before game how to dodge it, get another teammate <laughs> to throw it at me. Uh, <laughs> one cigar was from a first test duck and one was from a first test hundred. Oh, so, that's um, cool. <laughs> I think I accomplished both in that summer, so managed to get them down. But uh, Warner will get picked. Um, would I look? I, I he'll get picked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, oh, you, oh, right? That's the question I keep up. Did, did I can see completely why those in in the in the system in the bubble, the selectors, the teammates. The captains, you know, like everyone say, he has earned the right yeah. and all that stuff. Like, and I, I've been there in a team, and I was like that. Like, um, you know, you should be able if you play long enough, you should be able to call it and all that. But the more I reflect on it, you know, and that Healy situation was called clearly pivotal for me. Mm. Um, we then also on the flip side of you've earned the right, we always say we should never hand out, you know, test matches as token sort of uh, shows of appreciation. Um, so he's forced their hand a little bit, hasn't he, uh, to to allow this sort of discussion. And it'll be interesting to see. But, geez, he's creaming them now. So mm-hmm. probably I think I, I, I probably would pick him, actually, because he's mm-hmm. going to come back there full of confidence mm-hmm. and – He'll he'll smack him and and finish in grand style at the SCG. So yeah, put him in. Mm, he's a colleague. 
A, uh, a good good news, Gilly. Pakistan coming out this summer. That means get, get the reruns of JL and Gilly down at Hobart. There we go. They got, um, yes, they got yes. a partnership. Get did, those did, yarns did, ready. Did JL hit it? Did, yeah, he, did he hit it? it? Did the old creaky handle. Yeah, the old creaky handle. You see? <laughs> Plenty of good memories. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon they can show that test a lot. I reckon Scotty Muller's going to be tuning in too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... They can show all all that series if they like. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. I reckon. What's a rerun? <laughs> la, la, last one from me, Gilly. Um, in uh, 2013, uh, Wisden named its all-time eleven uh, for the last 150 years. Uh, post your career, England's got four players, uh, and Australia's got two. Okay, um, number mm-hmm. um, seven, the, the wicketkeeper they picked is Alan Knott. Um, Good keeper, 95 tests, 4,389 runs at 32, That's 250 nice. catches, 19 stumpings. Pretty good. Good behind the pegs. Yeah. Uh, Adam Gilchrist, 96 tests, uh. 5,570 runs at 47.6, right. 1,700. Um, but maybe Knott's got him in um, catches with the same number yeah, of tests. Gloves. Yeah, yeah, Gilchrist, 379 catches. Oh, quite a uh, bit more. So 130 more. Yeah. 37 stumpings, uh, so double the number of stumpings. Yeah, right. uh, I haven't even got to white ball there. Uh, are you li- what did you do to Wisden? Um, <laughs> Living. <laughs> when was that picked? 20, 2013. 2013. Mm. All right. Okay. What's What happened there? Yeah, what happened? Any danger? Got no idea what happened there. But, oh, I mean, you know, I was good with the stick and then the gloves, you know, a bit unreliable. That's what they tell me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was the bowlers. I wore them a grass, so yeah. it wasn't, you know, um, I mean, they – just literally got the ball to land in my gloves all the time, which was perfect. It was easy. <laughs> uh, and I had a top six that were to die for, to bat behind. Yeah, so, good point. so Good point. Get it. I get it. They know their shit. Yeah. Yeah. Were you actually that good? That's the question. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Jeez, I was starting to ask myself that myself by the end of, the, <laughs> by the end of my own career. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, wonder if I'd fluked it. Yeah, you got very uh, lucky. I, I personally thought I personally short thought uh, Heel should have kept going. Um, that's just how <laughs> that's how I saw it. <laughs> have you ever thought about doing any of those master classes actually in front of the bin? The uh, <laughs> how to sweep, how to sweep, and yeah. Oh, in the SEN bin, yes. yeah. Seen those? Saw that. Yeah. That's good. I bet the current players love watching those. Oh, yeah. That- <laughs> Like when Hados went out with his pink bloody Akuba on the brush. The broom. 15 minutes after they got out to eight sweep shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Body wasn't even cold for that test. <laughs> the pink Akuba. He's got a pink Akuba. He's out, you do it. Sweep it. <laughs> oh, the big fella. Love him. Oh, the big dos. The big dos. Um, uh, oh, Gilly, thank, mate, thank you so much. Very kind of you to uh, share your time and deal with us actually being late here. Yeah. Um, lifting the lid on that one. Uh, mate, wishing you the best uh, for the summer. Uh, I'm sure we'll catch up with you uh, and um, chat another time. Look forward to it and look forward to, uh, what is it, January? Yeah, I don't know, what you're, ta- I don't know what you're talking about, mate. That's um, <laughs> been announced, so... Uh, Great chatting, guys. Look forward to seeing you at some stage over the summer. It'll be good. Always such a pleasure to have Gilly on the show. How many times is that? Is that three times we've had him on the show? Yeah. Over the course of 252 episodes? Thrice. Thrice. A three-peat. 
Yeah, not really a three peak because it wasn't three in a row, was it? But uh, it's been it's been a, it's been a fair while uh, since we last yeah, had him on drinks. the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, nice to have him on. Or did that happen? I'm not sure. Yep. The Australian T20 squad has been announced for their uh, five-match yes. series against India. Now, this is what... Straight off the back of the World Cup, straight right? Straight off the back of it. I think the first game actually starts um, <laughs> two hours after the final. Um, <laughs> this is the big one. This is the big one. I cannot wait for this series. It's a five-T20 series against India in India. Uh, and here's the squad for Australia. Matthew oh, yeah. Wade yeah. is captain. The names have been mentioned that are David Warner, Travis Head, Steve Smith and Glenn Maxwell, Matt Short, Marcus Stoinis, Tim David, Josh Inglis, Jason Berendorf, Sean Abbott, Nathan Ellis, Spencer Johnson, Adam Zampa, Tanvir Sanger. Some notable outs there. Cummins Stark Hazelwood, Agar not declared fit, and also Aaron Hardy, who was in South Africa before the World Cup. Uh, He has not been included in this squad. Um, uh, Yeah, so, uh, so so that's the squad. But the most interesting thing there is that Matt Wade is captain. Um, Mitch Marsh is not in the squad. That's the outstanding question for Australia going to the World Cup next year. Has Matt Wade been appointed captain with a view to him leading that side to the T20 World Cup in West Indies and USA next year? Mm-hmm. Or is he holding it over until it is bequeathed to yes. Mitch Marsh? Um, I'd be happy with either, to be honest. I need a bit of, you know, their nervous work calm. Well, Mitch, is cricket. Mitch Marsh's captaincy uh, for the T20 series uh, was very successful yeah. in South Africa when they won that series. Um, so there's that. I also saw an article this morning from Alex Malcolm, friend mm. of the show, uh, with uh, Matt Wade, who was saying he wasn't sure if he was going to be the wicketkeeper for the T20 World Cup. Obviously, right. Josh Inglis uh, is in the squad as well, and he's been doing okay since mm. um, since he's come into the ODI setup. Uh, different format altogether, but uh, but yeah, it's also interesting that Wade's Wade hasn't even really been appeared to be anywhere near the ODI squad. Um, for whatever reason, uh, but uh, but yeah, he's, he's captaining that squad, and, and uh, yeah, we're obviously really looking forward to that. Those those five games, um, Warner and Smith included in that squad. I mean, yeah, um, and Travis Head, yeah, yeah, like uh, put sure, that in sure. the uh, yeah, yeah. wouldn't have thought so. Category. Yeah, so, so I don't know. I sort of feel like <laughs> just feel like the body's just sort of stiffening up a little yeah. bit. There's a calf there or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think uh, Smith. I don't know if you caught this. Uh, I just don't know if you caught this, man. Yeah. Um, you know, as you know, I, I'd like to peruse my sports pages, particularly, and I'm sorry to get niche here, but my Sydney sports pages. And yeah. I, I saw uh, mm. Danny Widler was uh, reporting that, um, you know, a, a, let's call it a, a furrowed brow. I wouldn't say a crow's feet. It's a different thing. Okay. Widler with furrowed brow over news that uh, Steve Smith was um, selling his uh, selling a house in Bronte. Right. Connecting it with the fact that Smith uh, is, you know, has has an apartment in New York, uh, yeah. with strange continuing whispers about his future in the game, mm-hmm. uh, and linking them to, you know, um, as Widler is wont to do, um, you know, uh, off offer the question of whether that was indicative of what Steve Smith might be doing into the future. He's selling his house. Okay. Steve, Smelly, Steve, Smith, Steve Smith selling his house. Did a little bit of digging, you know, domain.com, et cetera. Yeah, my Bible. Um, it actually appears that Smith is flipping a house in Bronte that he bought in 2019 for 3.5. Yeah. Which is his right to do, by yeah. the way. No shaming of this. Um, he might get seven for it. He's There's an article sevens. about this. Yeah. He, he got it 3.5, might get sevens, high-end finish, yep. marble kitchen, oak flooring, uh, <laughs> yeah. et cetera. Now, that's to go. So you're like, okay, well, he's – 
you know, he's just selling one house. Maybe he is moving. Oh, oh, but he did only bought it a few years ago. Does he flip houses? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, that's to go to the house in Vaucluse. Um, they flipped last year. Yeah. Um, bought it yeah. Bought it for six uh, yeah, in 2020. Six. What did it go for? Uh, it got 12 and a bit. Double up. 12 and change. Uh, lavish redesign. <laughs> so, um, yep. anyway, so, you know. Good, good for him. But you know, this is what you do when you just sort of dig in, in journalism a little bit. It's kind of like wild. It's like, oh, he might be selling. So like, no, nah, he's a he's a flipper. He flips. Greg Chappell has set up a GoFundMe page with a target of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> That's a hard segue. <laughs> <laughs> now, be very clear: the laugh is not at Greg Chappell's financial hardship. There. Okay. As of this morning. It had had ninety eight thousand dollars contributed to it. I went on this morning, uh, and also if you want to if you want to contribute, you can just you can Google GoFundMe Greg Chapel, and it's the first thing that comes up. But you already know how to do that because you know how to use the internet. A lot of press, a lot of press about this last week, like called coordinated yeah. press. So this is from um, Dan Bredig via the Nine Papers, mm. quoting Greg Chapel here. Unfortunately, I had a business setback a few years ago. I didn't need to go into details about it, but the opportunity cost went with that situation. The years of sorting out the finances just meant that not only did I not have much coming in, but there was nothing to invest. I really don't don't enjoy the public side of it. It was my situation. I was dealing with it. It wasn't something that I wanted to make a big deal about. The boys wanted to do something, and it just seems like a nice, quiet way of doing it. Very hard to keep anything quiet. The boys, Bredig says were Canberra businessman Peter Maloney and former Essendon president David Evans who talked Chapel into a benefit lunch at the MCG last Monday. Hosted by former Collingwood president Eddie Maguire and attended by his brothers Ian and Trevor, it raised about $250,000, while a GoFundMe page has included donations by the likes of Cricket Australia chair Mike Baird, former Victoria captain Simon O'Donnell, Scoob, and ACD Crick, uh, ACT Cricket's chair Greg Borer. I said to him, uh, this is uh, Maloney speaking. I said to him, I take it that you're not doing that well financially. I bullied him into it, Maloney said. Rod Marsh and Dennis Lilly retired at the same time. They took testimonials. He didn't. It was pretty successful. He was pretty successful in business, but it's some major setbacks. One of the reasons I did this lunch and the reason Greg agreed to this, uh, there is a whole heap of cricketers that are on the bones of their ass. There would be 10 to 15 of these guys, we all know their names, who are struggling, Maloney said. Uh, that's all via um, Dan Brettig. So, uh, yeah, uh, obviously, like, uh, what's, what's, what's the right word? Troubling, sad, depressing to hear of, uh, of a legend of the game, an icon of the game, Greg Chapel, struggling uh, financially in, in, the, in, the, in the realm of having to put together a fundraiser or, or agreeing to put together a fundraiser for himself for 250K. Um, it's just like, uh, I mean, there's just, it's, <laughs> it's extremely difficult to co- uh, comment on this publicly, Pezza, and walk the tightrope of um, being interested by this and also feeling uh, a, a, an enormous amount of sympathy for someone that is struggling financially in any capacity, whether they be one of Australia's greatest ever um, cricketers or someone who is not one of the Australia's greatest ever cricketers. Um, I just like my my personal uh, original reaction to this was like a bit crow's feet. Like Greg, like Greg Chappell's like, Greg Chappell's, needs 250k from people for because he's made some bad business decisions like like I'm getting like sort of crow's fed at that thinking about that because I mean he had Greg Chapel cricket center he his name is on every single floppy hat in the country um he capped he coached India pretty sure he either coached or mentored Australia A in the 90s he has broadcast on channel 9 he's written in papers like the he is a man that would, would I would imagine would um would uh um get a decent fee for public speaking at like 
at the thousands of sportsmen's luncheons that go across the country every single day uh, or weekend. Um, and uh, so I'm getting like crow's fed at that a bit because I was like, well, I mean, he made some bad calls in business. Shouldn't, shouldn't he just like sort that out? But at the same time, you know, he can also do whatever he wants and people are happy to contribute this money. Obviously, if, if you are listening to this and you're thinking that you would like to contribute to this, then uh, then you should go ahead and do that. You can mm. find the, you can find the link on the internet. But uh, yeah, so I'm just uh, walking the tightrope there with that. It's just, it's just um, I suppose in, in many ways, it's, it's depressing and it's sad to think that like someone is struggling. Uh, and also a bit like, well, fucking heaps of people mm. across the world that are really struggling. And uh, if you made a bad call in business, then like, I don't know, man. Mm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. I do know what you're saying. Um, I think it's a relevant, like it's a relevant point potentially from the perspective of other players of his era who perhaps didn't, um, you know, have the success he had in his, in their careers. Yeah. Um, without that brand to leverage, so yeah. I think, I think personally, um, Greg Chappell's completely entitled to raise the funds that, of course, um, you know he he may want if if people would like to help him Mm -hmm. it also occurs to me that um we were discussing this the other day but like um maybe for us of our vintage and our age where we didn't grow up watching greg chapel we might lack the um, emotional connection to him uh, as children whereas those who might be fundraising for him uh, did have that emotional connection to him and feel you know keener to assist as as a mark of gratitude for you know the happiness or memories he gave them. Perhaps we would feel differently if it was a player that we regarded as heroes, you know, growing up. Um, but I also think it's valid to hope that others who you know don't 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 have a brand to leverage like that also receive benefits and assistance, and and may also be looking at that, going, "I wish I could do that." You know, and I think the broader theme is um, the mm. just the stark uh, difference in um, you know the money available to cricketers back then than there is now. Uh, and, yeah. and I, I can understand why people might look at that and go, uh, you know, people who have performed so well with such distinction and built the game to what it is, are just, you know, have disproportionately little compared to players of today. And perhaps it should yep. be more even, but um, they're, they're questions of like, uh, they're questions of like broader um, economics, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I noted Jeff Lawson wrote in the papers this week, um, not castigating Greg Chapel in any way. In fact, backing him up and talking about his own experiences of uh, of performing to a really high level, but you know, being unable to uh, be ticked off for a mortgage, you know, because of the fragility of his job. That's mm-hmm. me paraphrasing. Uh, so um, I can understand why it's an awkward conversation for people perhaps awkward for greg chapel as well but also that other query in there of like i, I hope uh, you know i hope i hope other, you know but they mentioned there there's 10 to 15 others and everyone knows their names i, I would probably multiply that by like a hundred uh, yeah. by 10 yeah. you know for, yeah. for people of that era maybe more you yeah. know who who also played full-time sheffield shield and all that kind of stuff totally and they yeah can't command it because because they didn't average 50 just to just to add to the point i don't i don't know greg chapel like he's obviously been on the show and i don't know his story i don't know that the and that probably matters as well i'm sure it does i'm sure, like there could be other things going on that yes. i don't know about and you know you know what almost definitely that is true 
Um, and there's also obviously this thing where like, you know, players of a, of a different generation would look at the current guys getting paid like literally mm. seven figures for a six-week window and being like, that's fucking not fair. I was such a good player. I also know that there'll be a whole bunch of young people listening to this podcast being like, mate, I don't give a fuck about what your expenses were in 1970 compared to what they are now for me in my life, mm. you know? So, um, it, look, I mean, fundamentally, I don't know the backstory of this. You know, he's, he's kept the uh, – he doesn't want to talk about what the business setback was a few years ago. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to detail that. Uh, look, fundamentally, it's not really, it's not, it's not, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect anyone who listens to this. It's his decisions, his, uh, mm. it's his story. Just, it just, um, my initial feeling with it was, which again, doesn't matter, was like crow's feet. I think maybe so, even like, you know, bit, it's funny, it gets into all these other themes, doesn't it? Like, you know, if I, if I learned like privately that he had a, he had a benefit, you know, that raised X amount of money by people who wanted to raise it, that's all good. I think it's like the, PR on top of it, then they go fund me, then asking, like going ca- cap in hand cap to in everybody hand. Yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is yeah. it like, oh, I, I think there's other, like lots of people want and need money as well, but it's, then you're just making yeah. a judgment on circumstances you don't know about. Exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, back in the old days, you know, uh, <laughs> is, is it, we've, we've come a long way, you know, since the, uh, mm. you know, stories you used to hear about, um, you know, uh, volunteers at the club. Uh, at the end of the day, yeah. you know, who might have struggled, um, been subject to a, you know, what they used to call the old whip round, Get a whip you know, round. in the club, like yeah. they old, you know, yeah. Nugsy, Nugsy hasn't had one for a couple of years. Yeah. Hey, everyone chuck twenty bucks in the cap. Let's do yeah. a whip round so he gets a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> that's just what it was. That's just, just how it was. It's come a long way. That's just how it was back then. That's, hey, that is an information exchange. That's just how That's it was. That's not a glorification. That's just how it was. That's just how it was. Let's do it. Let's do a whip round. Yeah, it's a whip round. It's just a whip round. Hey, boy. Yeah, a couple of beers after the day's. Now this is any notes? At, got any sheets? Any sheets, boys? Did that happen at your era? These are things you hear. It yeah. didn't happen for me. Do you, yeah. Did that happen? Oh, you said yeah, yeah, yeah in your yeah. club. Yeah, yeah. So hundred percent. I know a couple of people who are probably would have been subject to that in your club, but yeah, people were paying for me. Yeah. You've had like maybe three or four beers and remember they're cricket beers. They're cricket beers. So yeah. you're just, what that means is deeply dehydrated. Yeah. Um, go straight to the 37 degrees. You've taken two wickets all day, yeah. 400 on the board, et cetera. That, that's right. And you're starting to feel merry. Mm. It's like, hey, you reckon, yeah. uh, you reckon, how long how long's it been for Sparky? <laughs> <laughs> how long's it, what about, what about how, you know, okay, maybe not, I actually know someone goes Sparky. <laughs> so uh, I, Okay. <laughs> Um, so no, I was just making up a name. What about Marcus? Mm. You know, how long has it been for Marcus? <laughs> <laughs> you're out now. <laughs> <laughs> now you're out. <laughs> okay. How long's it? How long's it been? You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Give me a name that isn't someone who's played great cricket. I can't think of any names now. Can't think of any names. He goes. Know. Yeah, that's right. How, how, long, yeah. how long's it been? Let's do a whip round. Yeah. Whip round again, get him one. Let's get him one. New South Wales yeah. have not won a game for 15 matches in a row after being defeated. <laughs> after being defeated by 205 runs. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. New South Wales have now not won a game for 15 matches in a row. Sponsorships at hello at gradecricketer.com, by the way. After being defeated by Victoria by 205 runs, that is a team that had lost their last two games by an innings. Victoria, that is. New South Wales were bowled out for 102 and 173 at the MCG. Hey, good news, though. Nathan Lyons returned back for this game. He also bowled for NDs against uh, Bankstown a couple of weeks ago I saw on the internet. So there's that. Um, Mate, I I went out there. New South Wales have not won a game, a shield game, 
for 15 games in a row. What the fuck is going on? Who's to blame? Who must go? And it, Milan? Must, be, and it must be one thing. Yes. Da- David Milan. David Milan. He's got to go. Get rid. Yeah. Put your foot through it. Um, Away. Yeah. It's... Uh, you like, saw it? You went to the MCG? You saw it? I took my you boys had a look there. at it? I was just... Chaos? Well, my wife like often works night shifts, so she's sleeping during the day. Yeah. And like getting through the day with a five-year-old and a three-year-old is like... A, can only imagine it's like a day of test cricket. Like you've got to actually go session by session and just fill the time with things. Do you have a whiteboard at home where yeah, you're breaking ticket, the three yeah. sessions? Yeah. Who won that one? Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I might get half a tick for the first session and then I'm just <laughs> roundly defeated, truly. <laughs> no, we, we brought, brought the boys in here um, mm-hmm. to watch Paw Patrol while we recorded. And then I was like- mm. We did a review for Paw Patrol. <laughs> Paw Patrol. It was daily. Yeah. Um, and- uh, and then I was like, oh, okay, what's it now? So we're, we're here in, uh, you know, I, I don't think it matters. We're in South Melbourne. And um, I've taken my eldest, who's five, to I've taken him to Marvel Stadium to see a Swans-Kangas game, which he loved a couple of years ago. Yep. But he's, I've, like, I've never taken him to the MCG. I live out in the west side. So it's further, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Anyway, and um, uh, but I thought, oh, I'll get them to the MCG. It'll be heaps of space, you know. <laughs> it was yeah, really yeah. a lot yeah, of space. Yeah, a lot so of space. I took them out there. Um, and, you know, as it is with kids, it's not like – it's not a magical day for them. They want a pie. They want chips. Um, maybe a drink. Didn't get them a drink. They got no interest in the players that are playing. Yeah. Um, Nathan Lyon, you know, was kind enough to wave and say hello. Oh, uh, at, nice. bo- uh, hey boys, that was Nathan Lyon. Zero in zero. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and um, and then they just want to go home. You know. Yeah, okay. So yeah, uh, yeah, much like New South Wales. So yeah. W- what's wrong with New South Wales? Uh, I I don't even know where to start. It's pretty fucked up. Like. Uh, when there's six teams in Sheffield Shield, you think you're like over the course of 15 games, you're going to get a share of victory on the basis of probability alone. Something's broken in their system. I don't, I think it's probably worthy of like a more um, thorough investigation and talking to people about it. Uh, I don't think it serves Australian cricket well, much as it's funny for every other state, you know, who's been dominated by New South Wales for a long period of time. Uh, I, I feel like there's lots of factors that are like pointing to, the breakdown of the Australian cricket pyramid more generally. Because, um, like, for, for, like, 30 years, half the Australian team has been from New South Wales. But, 30, for, but, yeah. for, but for 30 years, probably more, yeah. New South Wales have always been good as well. Yeah. They've, they've been able to produce more plays. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's got the biggest nothing state to the country. Do. Yeah. yeah, that argument that, like, it's half the, half the national nah, it team, that up. it doesn't wash. No. They're, they're all over 30 anyway. These are guys developed a long time ago. Yeah. They're, they're, they've not, they're not bringing anybody through. No. Something's broken. Mm-hmm. Um you know, any danger of another state carrying the can for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, here's your go guys. Yeah. Uh, but, si- but seriously. Um, well, the boys in the West are doing okay. Yeah. It's good. It's good to see. <clears throat> um, Tasmania pulled off their highest successful run chase in their history, chasing Queensland's 432. That was the sixth highest successful chase of all time. Queensland made 379 in the first innings. Tassie won 50 all out. Then Queensland declared on 202 for six. Tasmania then needed 432 to win. They chased it seven down. Good shit. Bradley Hope and Jared Freeman putting on 75 for the eighth wicket to win it. With a, I think it was about 10 balls left in the final oh, day. Yeah. Um, people might have also seen that it was announced that Michael Nisa, who was playing this game, left the game halfway through. No information about um, – no further information about why that happened. But uh, obviously – I think he's – it was pregnancy. Oh, pregnancy. I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. aware of that. My yeah. apologies. My yep. apologies. Uh, so hopefully everything's okay with uh, the Nisa family, generally speaking. Matt Wade was uh, man of the match or player of the match in that game. He scored 105 in the run chase, batting at five. So good news for Wadey. Slug 70-odd as well. Yeah. So, How yeah, are you, Slug? Yeah, always, uh, 
Always chipping in there. Not, not, not having to say his full name. Slugly. Just, just, slug. Yeah. Oh, yeah, slug. Oh, yeah, slug. <sighs> what, what, a neat, what I wouldn't give. Oh, fucking hell. What I wouldn't want to give for some buckets and to be called slug. My kingdom for my, a day. My kingdom <laughs> to be called buckets and slug for a day. Cameron Bancroft scored 57 and 100 in their 200-run win against South Australia. Uh, Cameron Bancroft doing good things uh, in his uh, quest to be the batter to replace David Warner whenever that happens uh, in the test in the test setup, um, Joel Paris took eleven wickets in that game. Uh, Aaron Hardy, who was out, I mentioned earlier, who was left out of the uh, the Australian side, he made ninety nine in the third innings. Just looked up his stats, Aaron Hardy, because Ponting's got massive wraps on him. Ponting suggested he could be he could be a bolter for the Ashes. Just gone. Mm-hmm. Hardy averages forty four with a bat and twenty eight with a ball in first class cricket. I mean, mm. that is that's 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 up there with the best in the country and the best in the country for a long now, period of time. Oh yeah, it means easily the best in the country. So that's 40, forty four with a bat, that'd be the highest. It's the highest, highest, highest first class average. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's like three blokes who average over 40 in state cricket. It's really depressing. But Aaron Hardy, 44, that's uh, and 28 with the ball, pretty tidy. So three games in, Tassie is top uh, with WA, New South Wales in the bottom, and then South Australia and Victoria in between them. So uh, that's really? what's going on with the Sheffield Shield, unless uh, there's something else. Yeah. Kawaja missing two games. Having a rest. Yeah. He's resting. Um, and, you know, if that's what he wants to do, then that's – probably indicative of, of, of attitudes towards it. I think it's in, I just he's a captain. He's missed two out of three games. He's resting, um, doing some work with Fox Cricket. That's like that's all good. I just feel like, uh, you know, like shield cricket to national players may now be what grade cricket is to state players, like <laughs> a status symbol to miss it. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, I don't need to play this. Oh, well, Cameron Bancroft's churning out hundreds and like the, another guy who plays one format is like, I uh, just need a, need a break from it. Like yeah. it just undermines it a little bit. He's a captain. Um I feel like Australian Australia's cricket system, like its pyramid, used to be like a beautifully refined thing where it, like everything neatly laddered to the apex of the game. This is a national men's test team, yep. um, and uh, I just think you know Australia doesn't have its hand on the isn't controlling the till of cricket anymore. You know, India is the CEO of cricket, uh, um, and I think the vision for it is club over country. And I feel like Australia's pyramid is um, out of date, frayed, not fit. For purpose, I think that contributes to New South Wales's um, agreed um, you know performances in the game. Agreed. Uh, shield cricket is relegated to the margins of the season. What does a hundred mean? Um, it means less if some of the test players who are available aren't even playing. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, mm. uh, it, it it just feels like the we have a, we're running a system that made sense twenty years ago and it doesn't now, and yep. it's uh. You know, I feel like it, there might be some more conversation about that as our summer rolls around. Well, I was going to say that. Yeah, I agree. Because I'd be really interested to see what the conversation uh, around cricket happens. Sorry. What the conversation is around cricket this summer for guys actually playing cricket. Because obviously, Pez and I stopped playing a couple of years ago. But um, but I feel like you and I have been banging on about this for a good two or three years mm-hmm. about how the system does not reflect what the pinnacle of the game is anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the feedback from a lot of people who play cricket is, I think you're wrong. Um, I think it's pretty good and uh, you need to cool your jets about people's appreciation of T20 cricket or mm. guys not playing two-day cricket in grey cricket because that's still what needs to be done to elevate plays into the shield system. I could not disagree with that mm. uh, sentiment more. 
but people who are playing cricket, they are the ones actually on the ground going on, going in their, in their cars on Saturday morning, driving across the country. So, mm. um, but I'll be interested to see what happens this summer when they face Pakistan and the West Indies, which is quite frankly going to be an embarrassment. Mm. Um, Pakistan, much less so. They've got a very good bowling attack, though. Unfortunately, the Sam Shah is not going to be fit for that. But that's that's a that's a that's a real shame. But um, they had a good bowling attack last time too and got pumped. Yes, yeah. and they haven't won a game here since whenever. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens because the Big Bash just needs to be the thing. Um, but uh, now Shield Cricket's played in September and October. The Test matches go on in between that. But then guys who then come out of form, they've been playing Big Bash, but then the Test players don't play Big Bash. So what's It's all the over the place. place. Everybody all knows over the place. Everything's all over the place. It, it, it connects to the one-day side. It connects to the format. It's all it's all connected. It's yes. up to Cricket Australia to define what the strategy is right. going forward. It feels like, you know, in the past, they're operating in a different, more complex landscape than they used to. I mean, in the past, pack around the game, everybody um, – Mm. bowed down to us and we like the, the whole thing laddered up to our summers so it was much easier to put a structure around that and now our hands aren't on the till India's the CEO of the game their vision for the game is different to what our system is Cricket Australia um, probably needs to lead a redefinition of what our structure looks like because mm. th- because formats competitions um, players their drivers they're all over the place and it's as the game is in flux at the moment between domestic franchise club cricket and international cricket across three formats it's like uh, you know how is you know i don't envy grade cricket trying to support that what's the point of a two day or any more to level up to, to ladder up to a red ball you know test team that where only three teams play it mm. you know where you have summers that are going to be uncompetitive mm. some bold leadership is needed I think so that, you know, we're not in this situation where like, I mean, the national team is picked from like 20 guys, it seems, you know, like yeah. there's a, there's the haves and have nots. Yeah. Uh, there might be a big cliff coming for Australian careers. There's like scattered thoughts here as well mm. with like all these players that are in there that mm. are going to go soon. I don't know. Yeah. You know, anyway, well done, slug. <laughs> <laughs> and well done, bangers. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the WBBL? Yeah. Who's uh, good? Who's hot? Who's not? 14 game season. Um, teams are three, four, five games in, so it's still pretty early. Brisbane yeah. Heat are good. Adelaide Strikers uh, are good. Phoebe Litchfield is the, uh, f- the youngest person with 1,000 runs. Hit 68 or 42 last night against the Hurricanes. I saw her a couple of weeks ago. Absolute class. Um, Sydney Sixers uh, have been dog shit. Uh, they've got a star studded team, but Elisa Healy got a hand bitten off by a dog. So now they're no good. Yep. Um, uh, and um, we had Kim Garth and Tess Flintoff in the studio last week, uh, only a couple of hours before their um, vengeance game against the Strikers, who had previously bowled them out for 29. I mm-hmm. think Kim G wanted to um, enact some vengeance. Yeah, they lost again, the Stars. That's yeah, just they, lo- they lost uh, again. They lost yeah. again. Um, they're two, they're, they're, they've won two from five. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've had a couple of issues with stumpings and, like, um, you know, inconsistent uses of technology, which yep. I think undermines the competition a little bit as yep. well. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we, we're, we're just just past the start of the season. Looks like the Heat and the Strikers um, are pretty good. Sydney Thunder are good. They've only played a couple of games. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And we also saw Amanda J. Wellington uh, enact a, uh, an unusual run out mm. where she picked up the stump having uh, – Always fun to see that. The bales the bail having previously been removed. Mm. Novel. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I suppose we feel things about that because it's like, oh, she picked it up. That's clever. Yeah. Yeah, is that insulting? Oh, look what, look what, look what she did. It's like, yeah, that's what, that's what you do. That's what you do. And that's, that's what, what she did. The rules are. Yeah. Laws, sorry. Laws of it, yeah. Damn it. Dean. Dennis Law. John Laws. <laughs> Hashtag RCGC is brought to you by Ponting Wines. You can use the code GETAFEW at pontingwines.com.au. Yeah. 
um, for 20% off. That's 20% off using the code GETAFEW at pontingwines.com. Now, I'm on the Ponting Wines website, am I? Go. Where am I? Here we go. Okay. We Our go. wines. The old trip in the rocket ship now. The collection. Let's talk about the collection. What do you want to talk about today, Pezza? Do you want to talk about... Um, okay. Options. Sav Blanc, Pinot Gris. There's two Chardonnays on offer. A Rosé. There's two Pinots. A Shiraz. A Cab Sav. Look, I'm red inclined, but I can't say that every week. Why don't we go uh, for the white grape? Why don't we go for a Pinot Gris? A Pinot Gris? That's the captain's call. Oh, that's, the, that's the captain's call. And he just rejoined the commentary team as well. Um, this is a very limited release wine crafted from fruit sourced from a pristine single vineyard site in the Coal River Valley. Mm. Lifted aromas of fresh pears and okay. stone fruits backed by subtle hints of spice. Mm. Superbly silky. Silky. Mm. <laughs> Jordan Silk. Jordan Silk. And fresh on the palate. It's a collab with Jordan Silkley. This Pinot Gris has great length with a refreshing, clean finish. That's nice. Ricky finished his international cricket career with the most victories as an Australian captain. Mm. Ricky was the Australian oh. cricket captain 2004, 2011, and his successes included 48 victories and 77 tests. He was also part of three successful World Cup campaigns. Two as captain, which also included a 34-match winning streak. Get out of here. Get out of here. 34 matches in a row. Speaking of captain's calls, I reckon if he had one regret, it might have been to make a captain's call on his vice-captain, Michael Clark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm here to talk about bitters. We're not talking about bitters here. We're talking about ponting wines. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, some some would say the uh, the the bowling first half in the grass stepped on the uh, the ball that yeah, rolled his okay. ankle. Some might say that. Right. In just hindsight, what, just though, what the ponting ones people want. What about yeah. mistakes he made as captain? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good drop, though. Yeah, it's a good drop. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I can't remember ponting ever dropping a key catch. Fuck, can I remember dropping? Because I know a catch? He, I know he dropped. I know he's he must have dropped him. a catch. He fucking took plenty. I used to work with a guy who said he never he, did, he never dropped a catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah me yeah. too. Yeah. Can't remember ever dropping a Can't catch. Can't remember ever dropping a catch. Uh, without irony. I mean, what hope have you got there? What does that mean? What does that say? You know, look, I want, now, cool. now we're in the topic of- uh, Litigation? And, no. <laughs> ponting and drop catches. Yep. I never got used to him fielding in the cordon. Yeah, unpopular opinion. Well, there goes the sponsorship. Thanks very much for Ponting Wines. Uh, this is the last chance we'll ever get to use the code Get a few for 20% off. What do you mean? You didn't like him at three? I didn't say I didn't like him. I, I never got I used never to. I never got it. used to it. Uh, you want to back a point? A, uh, look, yeah, I suppose as a child of uh, of you know Taylor at one, Mark War at two, mm-hmm. um, take your pick three and beyond. Steve War in the gully. Where was Warren in those in three? The, I'd say yeah. Was he three? Now, just for me, like Ponting, who is <laughs> yeah. the best fielder I think I've seen for Australia, like out and out. All, all thing, all things put together. I've, I've got him just ahead of Simons. Yeah, so Simons yeah. is like more a power fielder and just had no cordon experience. So Good I point. just can't. Good point. I just can't have him in there. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I just can't. I'm I just, fucking, I just, I'm I tried. SCN talking about AFL trade. I tried Mate, to have I, him I, in I, there, but I, I, just I, 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 can, I cannot have him yeah. in there. Um, but I just. I, I guess I would expect somebody of his calibre, a.k.a. Mm. the greatest, mm. once going into the cordon, to meet, then exceed those who came before him. And I don't think he did. 
<laughs> get 20% off his wine. It's, it's like sacrilegious, Unbar- isn't it? Okay, who's he better than in the slips? Taylor, Mark Waugh. He was better than Mark Taylor. And Mark Taylor, I think, had the record for the most catches. I'll tell you what, in your entire life, has anything made you feel more safe than seeing Steve Waugh with service station sunglasses nope. underneath a baggy grain standing nope. at gully? Nothing nope. in my lifetime has ever touched that Yep. in terms of making me feel safe. I was at my sister's netball game once <laughs> um, when she was in under 10s um, for the yeah. Meriden School. I right. uh, would have been five then, she's five years older than me. And okay. I um, went with my father. I believed I was backing into his um, <laughs> leg to cuddle him. I still remember this, but it turns out the leg was of another man. Yeah. Um, and so when I looked up and saw a foreign face, but I mean foreign as in not my father, the feeling from the contrasting feeling from that moment to then seeing my father was safety. So I'm just comparing it to Steve War in Servo. That man's name well, was that Steve War. Williams. <laughs> what was what was MJ Bale doing in a netball game for the under tens? <laughs> just say, you asked about safety. <laughs> Use the code GET a few for 20% off of your order at pontywines.com.au. Hashtag AskTGC. Do you want to read it? Yeah, okay. Um, it's from Anon. All right. Uh, Anon says, Boys! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Is that too? Was it? No, I've I've written to you a few times regarding my son and I and his cricket journey. Well, unfortunately, the time has arrived for him. He now has the opportunity to play organised junior cricket. Junior with a capital J too. I think the reason I'm most disappointed in his choice to pursue this fucking useless venture is he was invited to trial for a rep basketball team. Mm. After weeks of training sessions each Sunday at 9am and two trial sessions, he was offered a position on the under-12s team at the age of eight. I was stoked for him. He actually has amazing natural talent with basketball, and I thought the coaching from actual coaches, not just some kid's unathletic mum or dad, would actually be amazing for his development in a respected sport. Mm. However, both under-11s cricket and rep basketball are both on a Friday afternoon, and he had a decision to make. I don't know why, but I offered him the choice. I told him the predicament we were in and gave him the chance to choose. And he fucking chose cricket. Oh, God damn it. We decided he would play for the club I played for, and he was extremely excited to head down to the first training session. I also had a swagger in the step, I thought. A returning six-time club champion. Coming back to the club he has been away from for five years would be greeted with fanfare, handshakes, pats on the back, and masculine energy. However, it was met with underwhelming introductions to people I didn't know and a relegation to just stand there with the kids as they are bowling and make sure there is some organisation. What I also came to learn in this first session of training is as a cricketer, my son makes a very good basketballer. I cannot fathom how he was enjoying himself bowling the ball into the side net or when batting running between the wickets like the tin man after missing the ball for the 10th time straight and the coach making him run so the other kid who could actually hit it could get on strike. As I stood there watching Jimmy run in and legitimately throw the ball repeatedly and take wickets and celebrate and not one person correct his fucking action, I drifted away. Mm. I dreamt of my son at the age of 35 attending every training session, wasting (laughs) his life away in fourth grade, divorced, two kids, beer gut, struggling to hold down his concreting job with hands calloused and covered in cement, standing at the end of his run-up, waiting his turn to bowl as he gives some 12-year-old wonderkind advice about keeping his front elbow high. 
The sound of cricket ball hitting black rubber played over and over in my head as I saw him picking his jocks out of his ass crack and then smelling his finger. <laughs> I had visions of, his, of him umpiring and never giving his teammates out, sitting around waiting to bat and telling his teammates about the hooker he fucked the night before. <laughs> He's the whip round kid. <laughs> what am I doing? Why did I give him the choice? Why am I driving to games and training? Should I be considered as some kind of enabler? Help! <laughs> yeah. Really, really interesting question because... Yeah. He's... Okay, just to be clear. Yeah. He's talking about himself in the final paragraph there, right? Right. That's his... That's, that, yeah. he's, he's saying that's what he did. Yeah. He, isn't he? Yeah. This, How I you mean, this, that? this also could be a... a, a a sixth sense kind of thing where Bruce Willis is actually a ghost. Yeah. And so he doesn't, he's watching he, he himself. Doesn't, he doesn't have a son. Yeah. <laughs> or it could be like, you know, Fight Club where, yes. um, uh, you know, Brad Pitt doesn't exist. Yeah. He's just a figment of the imagination. Totally. This is, is fraud and your stuff. <laughs> um, but, you know, if he did have a child and, and it's- Because it's, I said fraud, I meant Freud. <laughs> it's fraud. That's what, they, that's what they called him, Fraudiola. <laughs> Psychology. Fraudiola. <laughs> Sigmund Fraudiola. Um, you know, it's a tricky one because uh, if he's any good at basketball, he really needs to be like very, very good. Like he needs to at least make NBL standards. That's a national basketball league in Australia. Otherwise, he's just going to become like he's going to be good at this niche sport that no one cares about. Whereas if he's like if he's like a th- fourth grader, if he makes it that high, then it's like yeah, but at least that's in the national sport, you know. Uh, <laughs> under like he's eight years old, being invited to the under twelves basketball team. Yeah. But then he, this is the thing where it doesn't quite, like he's, he's, he's now in the under 11s rep cricket, rep, cricket and rep basketball. Okay. So it's just under 11s cricket. It's not rep cricket under 11s. Why is he playing under 11s age eight? Is that the first year? Like put it, no. put him in his actual age. The, the, nines, kid, the, the, kid, the kid throws the ball. Why is he going under 11s? Like mm. the, and, and so let's get into the psychology of why the kid has very specifically mm. Uh, gone against his father's wishes to play cricket at his father's club, even oh. though he can't even play. Like I reckon the kid is um, intoning an opportunity to essentially mm. dominate his father. Well, I think the father might have actually pushed him into this because he thought he was going to return to the club, making himself yeah. look like the hometown yeah. hero coming back to yeah. you know the grassroots, like yeah. his his upbringing. Where he's thinking yeah. like, my name's going to be plastered all across yeah. the wall. Look at these honors boards. Yeah. Yeah. Look at look at this yes. second grade premiership where yeah. I'm wearing a business shirt that exactly. told me won the flag that year in yeah. 1973. Yeah, um, his son's Robert Wardlow. <laughs> His son's Robert Wardlow. <laughs> he's, like, literally, he's literally Victor Wembenyana, <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, oh, I know he should play basketball. Yeah. And he's like, but there is the chance of me of sort of walking back into the club. I yeah. did win the flag six times <laughs> at this fucking Astro wheelie bin shit. <laughs> he's like, oh, what do you think? What do you think, champ? Yeah. <laughs> That's what's really going on here. Yeah. Thank you very much for non. Get your hashtag AskTGC into our email. Uh, that's the best way to do it. Hello at greatcricketer.com or you can just go to the website and uh, submit your form there if that is your preference. Uh, there's also Wasted Saturdays. You can DM us your clips, your rubbish clips of you playing dog shit cricket across the country <laughs> so harsh. <laughs> so unnecessarily harsh. And of course, thanks as always for supporting TGC on our Patreon show for everything we are doing over there. We'll be back all through the week. So much coming up. Thank you very much, Adam Gilchrist, for joining us. And we'll see you guys on the internet real soon.